one. There we are, live, back in action. It's a Christmas jam action with sleigh bells ringing and hell bells dinging from the North Pole to the Black Hole. Rudolph's red nose, quarterback blows, presents from Santa with NFL banter. You've entered the land of misfit noise. It's the third and three podcast with Tricky Nikki Gist, who will be playing the part of Mary Magdalene today. Also, the real deal, Damian Adams with the lead role of Jesus, of course. And my name is Jason Fearman, and I'll be that guy who wrote down all these magical stories all those millennia ago. Here we go. Third and three podcasts, rock and roll. Yes, it is a Christmas miracle that we are here. We got all the NFL gifts that you can possibly ask for this season, starting with two people who have become gifts in my life. Nikki and Damien, here you are. We're back together. It's the holidays. Of course, ladies first. Nikki, happy holidays to you and your family. How are you feeling, darling? I am good. Happy holidays to you guys. I'm excited. This is our holiday episode, and I um, had a busy day, but I am super glad to be here with you guys. You always make it better. Hey, we like doing that. Uh, you make it better for us. We appreciate it. Of course, you must play with knowledge with Nikki, but in between all that sort of stuff, we'll have fun, right, Damien? Definitely, man. Always ready to have a good time and always ready to talk sports and get to this Christmas trivia later on. Oh, no boy. Yep. <laughs> totally forgot to study. I was actually going to study for this one because I, I don't know what you're going to do, but I figure obviously it's Christmas, maybe. I don't know, Christmas games or something, but I should have studied something and I didn't. So I'm doomed, but we'll see what happens. You never know. <laughs> it could be a steal in there. Maybe there'll be a little Christmas thief. Maybe the Grinch will be hanging around. You know? <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to have to watch out for that one. But it is time for the news. So news team, assemble! Let's get this bad boy going. First of all, Damien, I got to go to you real quick because when we talked for uh, you know a couple of minutes yesterday, we talked about the Dwayne Haskins thing and him violating uh, violating the COVID protocols um, beyond belief uh, from what we've heard and fined forty thousand dollars for it, which is minuscule, but maybe to what he makes is a lot of money. So big problems for him uh, right now in the social media world and also on the football field. I don't know how much more we're going to see Dwayne Haskins, to be honest with you. Well, it looks like he's got his starting job back. He's got the first team reps. Uh, I, I think should have said have, after uh, this. I apologize. I should have said after this season, but go ahead. Yeah, so he might be gone after this season, depending on how he plays. We all know how it goes. If he comes out here and lights it up for the next few weeks and plays good, if you know the Washington football team makes the playoffs and he balls out in the wild card round, all will be forgotten. We all know how it works. Uh, but, as, but as far as him violating all the COVID protocol, just in a major way. All right. So there's a lot of parts to it, right? He's a young guy, right? In his early 20s, got some money in his pocket and wants to celebrate by having exotic dancers to his room. <laughs> I get it. I get that part of it, right? Like I was once that age. 
uh, just to give a little background, I was in the Navy around that time. And for the first time in my life, I had a little extra money in my pocket. And wasn't need <laughs> <laughs> some girl's cell phone bill. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was, I was, you know, I spent, yeah. So <laughs> I was in the Navy, not paying, like I was living on the Navy base at the time. So I'm not paying rent. I had a really cheap car at the time. So I had a lot of money in my pocket to blow. Spent way too much time at the strip club in my early 20s. So I definitely can't judge him <laughs> for what he did. Now, the difference is, you have to make sacrifices in these times that we're in now. So for example, recently just got married for the bachelor party, didn't have any strippers because I don't want to have to explain to anybody else's wife or spouse that they got COVID because I want to have strippers at my bachelor party. Right. So, you, <laughs> so, you, so you have to be smart in these times and make these sacrifices. Hopefully soon, you know, we'll all get the vaccine. I know some of us won't take it, but enough of us hopefully will to where We'll be able to have these times where you can go to a strip club and just be guilt-free. But until then, you have to be smart about it, man. You have to be smart about it. You can't do these things. And hopefully he's learned from this. And hopefully he does ball out the rest of the football season. Because like you said, he's already on very, very thin ice, if not already in the water. So, yeah, the, fact no. that, <laughs> so the fact that he did this was just beyond dumb. But like I said, I was that age. So I get having extra money in your pocket and wanting to spend it in that way. So I'm not judging that. But in these times... You just can't do it. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. And Nikki, I don't know how much you could follow up with that over there. But yeah, young kid, obviously not fully developed in the brain, but still you got in the right for ruling. You would hope that your teammates would, uh, you know, some of your veteran teammates would give you some guidance uh, in that way, but didn't seem to happen. And uh, look, uh, now we know what happened. So there we go with Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, no, I can't really follow that up. I, uh, you know, it's just maybe the strip club thing in general skews me out a little bit. Uh, no judgment, but just I'm a little bit of a germaphobe, so pandemic or not, uh, I, I don't know about all that. But uh, come on, Dwayne Haskins, do better. We all got to follow the rules, so you need to, too. You're the quarterback of the Washington football team. Lead by example, dude. Come on. Yeah, and uh, they may be going to the playoffs. So, you know, you want to make amends, go on the field, then play some really great football, like uh, Damien said, and all will be forgotten. We do make mistakes, but this was a big one. All right, let's move on to other things. Uh, another Christmas gift. We got a game. Hey, your Saints are playing the Vikings, and not that it's a big game for the Vikings anymore, but it's still a big game for you guys, and we'll get to it down. Uh, for you guys, Damien, we'll get to it more down the line because Tennessee is playing – uh, Green Bay on Sunday Night Football, and we're going to talk about that game. But uh, how do you feel about your team playing on Christmas? Are you happy about that? Is that an extra gift for you? You would think I would be happy about it, right? Because on Christmas, I get to see my Pelicans in the morning, afternoon, get to see my Saints. But if I was Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, I might want to slap Roger Goodell. Now, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I kind of hear you. Av- I don't advocate for violence unless, you know, it's a boxing match or a UFC fight. But the NBA and Christmas are synonymous. It's like peanut butter and jelly. It's like the NFL and Thanksgiving, right? Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. NBA doesn't have the cachet to try to ruin NFL's Thanksgiving, right? NFL is the king when it comes to American sports. We get that. But the NFL, and the NFL doesn't owe the NBA anything as far as saying that we're not going to mess with any of your days. But you notice that the NFL could rule both Saturday and Sunday, but they decide not to have Saturday games until week 15 and 16. And of course the wild card and divisional rounds when college football is no longer on those days. So you have right. a little respect for college football saying, okay, we're not just going to take over your Saturdays. 
we're gonna let you have that. They're going out of their way to have a game on Christmas. It's on <laughs> it's on a Friday. A Friday. You're going out of your way to basically say, bump you NBA. We're gonna have this game on a Friday, have a Christmas special. So now literally this year, they're gonna have a game on every day of the week, which is nuts. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Just so yeah, yeah, just to think about that. Yeah, so, Adam Silver definitely calling the on that one, no doubt. Definitely. So that would be my beef with it. And as far as for me personally, the reason I have a problem with the game is that we're playing against Minnesota, which means on Christmas morning, you know what I get to get reminded of? The Minnesota Miracle. All day long. I get to get reminded about the Minnesota Miracle. Not only that, who beat us in the playoffs last year? Minnesota. So I get to I get to get reminded of that. Oh, and somebody by the name of Rudolph, by the way, Rudolph was morning <laughs> to make worse on Christmas. Gosh, that, that we're definitely going to hear that pun as well on Christmas Day about Rudolph ruining our Christmas last year. So yeah, it's <laughs> it's just going to that is what part that annoys me. But if I was an NBA owner or NBA executive, I'd be like, really, really, it's a Friday. You can't let us have a Friday Christmas. Yeah, I, I, you know, I kind of hear you. I, I really hear The NBA should be saying something like, you know. I've got news for you. You are mine now. You belong to me. <laughs> take that over. I don't know, Nate. He brings out a great point. Why does the NFL even need to? I mean, look, I'm happy because I'm an NFL fan, but he's right. That that belongs to the NBA, Christmas. That's their day. The NFL doesn't need to do that. So that's a pretty good point. I can't blame you for thinking that way. No, it is a good point. And you know why? Because Roger Goodell is a petty bitch and nobody likes it. <laughs> I'm interested to see what the ratings end up being, you know, just I can't. Has the NFL done a Christmas game before? I don't remember. Like actually on Christmas Day. I, only if it's the weekend, you know, if it comes right. out on a Sunday, you know, Monday or whatever. Right. But I'm saying like if it was on a Wednesday, I don't recall them like, oh, let's throw a game on. <laughs> Yeah, not to my recollection, no. Uh, so, no, I'm interested to see what the ratings are going to be between the NBA and the NFL. And then just in general, I mean, 430 on Christmas Day. I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'm probably going to watch, probably be on in the background, but got to eat that Christmas dinner. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, you know, also, if it had been a, a worse game, you know, like Jag Cincinnati or something like that, then the NBA probably wouldn't have anything to worry about, but these are two big marquee teams, obviously, especially with the Saints. So uh, I hear you there. Um, we're going to get into Pittsburgh Steelers and starting with just an unfortunate, just have to mention now again, Kevin Green, we lost at the age of 58. I'm not even sure exactly why yet. Um, not even sure I want to talk about why yet. No reason to speculate unless anything has come out. Have you guys heard anything about that? Um, that no, the cause I, of death? I haven't heard the cause of death, but it's definitely – you know, sad to lose somebody, a legend like that, so early in life. 58 is very young. And, very you know, young. So our condolences go out to his family and his friends. Yeah, no question, man. I mean, he was great. I've got, you know, the long blonde locks coming out, playing for the Steelers, and then Carolina later on. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a tough one right there. And, again, with the Steelers, not only losing three in a row, one was to Washington, another was to Cincinnati, Buffalo, we can understand. But now Juju's dancing all over the place. Finally, we put a stop to that, Damien. But my gosh, in heaven, I mean, I don't know what he was trying to accomplish over there, but it was not working. Yeah, so it was something they say he did every week. Now, of course, when you're 11 and 0, no one pays attention to you dancing on TikTok or Instagram. That's a good point. <laughs> on the logo. So it doesn't really matter. But when you lose three straight and then you hear the speech from Josh Allen, 
saying, oh, they're doing the dancing, but we're going to do the work. That's when it mm-hmm. becomes a thing. And then when you get blasted by, you know, Cincinnati safety like that, after dancing on their logo, of course, you know, we're going to have fun with it. And you're going to end up on all the memes and funny videos and all the edits. So shout out to the internet for all the funny things they did with that. It was hilarious. Yeah. And But I could see why Mike Tomlin came to him and was like, hey, maybe we should stop the dancing until we start winning again. Because now it's yeah. become a distraction. Right. And if it was a superstition thing where, you know, he would do that, they were 11 and no, and he kept doing it, obviously, it was like, hey, we keep winning. Why stop? Well, then after your first loss, then you might want to think about not doing it again. After your second loss, you'd be like, okay, this is really like, maybe I'm jinxing the team. And now you got your third one. All right, game over right there, Nikki. That's that's it. All said and done. No more dancing, at least until the clubs open back up and everybody's vaccinated. <laughs> Yeah, right? Yeah, no more dancing. That's it. That is it. Just in the end zone, I guess, for now. Um, Yeah, speaking of COVID, I just real quick just had to mention that the majority of the Detroit Lions defensive coaches have been in close contacts with those who have COVID, not saying they have it yet, but something may come out. I don't know. Uh, I talked about Travis Kelsey last week with his 1,250 yards. He's now 60 yards away from breaking the single-season record for a tight end. Uh, just incredible how he has been, again, one of the best receivers in the league, tight end or not. A uh, little trivia for you guys. Do you know who currently holds the record for most uh, yards by a tight end in a season? Is it George Kittle? Do you think it's George Kittle, Nikki, or you got something else? Yeah, let's go with George Kittle. That's a follow the leader. That a girl. There you go. It is George <laughs> Follow the coach. <laughs> I do. I remember him and Zach Ertz going back and forth that year, right? Yes, very good. That was 2018. Just a couple of years ago, we had 1,377 yards. And, got, you know, hopefully Travis Kelsey does stay healthy. I don't care about these record sort of things. Let him break it. Let him be healthy and let good things happen. And did a good thing happen to the Jets on Sunday? Did they win or did they lose? And can you explain this one to me? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, um... I was shocked. I text you guys because I just did not think any way, shape, or form. But in true Jets fashion, they end up, you know, losing <laughs> the number one pick in a way that only they know how. Um, no, I – what do you do now? Build around Sam Darnold? I mean, I, to me, I think they, they lost. Even though they won, I think they lost. I, I kind of agree with you, and it sucks. And, Damien, you, you know that nobody, no NFL team wants to go 0-16. Frank Gore played like he was 25 on Sunday. He's like, I'm not, don't, I'm not going out like this. You know, nobody wants to lose every game. And only two teams in modern history have done it. Tampa Bay did it back in the 70s when they were, you know, a brand-new franchise team. But, of course, you know about Detroit and Cleveland a couple of years ago. Jets didn't want to be in that conversation, Damien. Yeah, I get it from a player standpoint. You're going to play hard. You don't want to be a part of your legacy that, you know, you're going to be on an interview on a podcast 10 years from now. Somebody's going to ask you, man, how was it being on that ON 16 team? So you, don't, <laughs> so you don't want that to be a part of your legacy. I get it. The part that is disappointing is the organization. Why are you putting the starters out there to win? Put out the young guys, <laughs> say, hey, you need to see what these young guys have that, you know, are special teams right now. Let's see if we have a diamond in the rough maybe. For next year spin it in a way to where the players can understand or at least where they can't argue about it and you lose games but you also may find that diamond in the rough why are your best players out there yeah you know what's on the line right now they're going to play hard the coaches are going to coach hard the players are going to play hard that's what they're trained to do 
and they're competitive. Like anybody who has a competitive bone in their body doesn't want to lose all the games all year, have to deal with that, that feeling until next year. Like I couldn't imagine that. So they're going to try their best to win a game. They've come really, really close these last few weeks. You know, they should have beat Oakland. They had one against New England. They should have won. So they were definitely playing better. And you knew this could happen. Now, do we know what's going to happen to the Rams, who would look great going into this game? No. But you never know what NFL team is still NFL talent there. Take that NFL talent off the field and give your team a, a chance to get that number one pick. So I'm just disappointed in the organization. I gave Adam Gates credit last week for being brilliant. Now I got to take it all back. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes. right. I got to take back my John Gruden uh, giving him credit for, for being considered as coach of the year. So I yeah, both of them lost coach of the year or our credence from you guys yeah. on that. <laughs> yeah, that, that is unfortunate. I would love to see the Jets, the New York, New Jersey Jets. I'll give it to you, Nikki, over there, even though you're not a fan of that team, the Giants, you are, I know. But that would be great if they would have Trevor Lawrence. And now he's going to go to Jacksonville where, you know what, he's probably going to make them all of a sudden a franchise organization. But then again, they still play the games. There are two left. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens out and see how it goes. I mean, even you can talk about the Rams in that situation. We'll get to that game. It may be even more of a bad on them for losing at home to a team that hasn't won a game all season long. Bad news. And that's just rotten news. And we got rotten tomatoes and we got applause right now. So we're going to get into that segment this second. Nikki, we always let you start. Why not? I know you love throwing them tomatoes early. So let's see what you got right now. Yeah, let me warm up, get my uh, throwing arm warmed up because I got a lot of tomatoes to throw at Freddy Kitchens. <laughs> I mean, oh, oh. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> got to boo him up. Got to boo him up real quick. Freddy Kitchens, go for it. Tell me. Well, I so I just spent the entire game just looking at these WTF plays that I don't know what he was calling, and you're calling them against the team that fired you, which you fully put on display why you were friggin' fired in the first place. I mean, ironic, <laughs> like really ironic. Um, so good old Freddie, like the offense was completely inept I don't know why you didn't stick to the run game because that was one of the things that was actually working and for God's sakes why the trickery I don't understand this I don't understand it why the trickery why are you calling these crazy over-designed plays you are a five win team you're not a good football team you take the points take the damn points Mm -hmm. Okay. What are you doing? We're not good enough for this. We are not Kansas City. We can't <laughs> overcome. So Freddie Kitchens, our tight end coach, who makes a lot of sense now because Evan Ingram can't get coached up and he's dropping passes left and right. Um, I was thoroughly disappointed. I didn't know what the hell I was watching. This guy should never be allowed to call plays ever, ever again. And I pray to God, I never thought I'd want Jason Garrett to come back so bad with speedy recovery because this offense needs you. Yeah, I got to tell you, running that trick play down there, when they get deep into the zone, I agree with you. Take the points, get the points because Cleveland, they're a really good team, no doubt, but they're not a juggernaut on offense necessarily. And the Giants have a good defense. Look, Cleveland only scored 20 points in that game. So what I'm saying is 
I agree with you. Take those points, play your best defense, do what you got to do, run the ball more. I'm with you 100%. So that was a terrible call from the beginning, and I'm with you all about the tomatoes on that one. Damien, I I would imagine you agree from the jump that was bad news. And again, it's not like they need to do that. And again, they're also the Giants are in the running. You got to play your best football. You can't be stupid at that point. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And Freddie Kitchens, we said last week, it shows how good of a job Kevin Stefanski is doing when you compare it to what they did last year with Freddie Kitchens and pretty much the same team minus Odell Beckham Jr. So you think about this team, what they're doing this year on offense, just the whole team in general, how the culture's changed. You wonder why the Giants, as soon as the Browns started doing well, you just look at Freddie Kitchens and be like, okay, you can't be here. <laughs> like, we yeah. see we see the difference here is you you're the common denominator here and you, you can't be here so I definitely agree with, with those tomatoes I'll help you throw those Thank you. yep uh yep I'm with you all the way all right Damien how about you all right so for my tomatoes so uh, yeah I got I got a few quite few that I can give out here um but I'm gonna hit I'm gonna stick with I gotta stick with these Pittsburgh Steelers, man. <laughs> you get so yeah, you start off eleven and zero, and we get it's hard to go undefeated, right? So you lose to a team in Washington, we're like, okay, they got a good defense, right? Lose to Buffalo, Buffalo all around good team, but then you lose to Cincinnati, mm. Cincinnati, mm. and not only do you lose, first half you get dominated, like. I was going to the gym to go play basketball. They have the football game up. I'm like, okay, you know, I'll pay attention here and there, but the still should take care of business. So I play, I look up, and it's 17 nothing. I said, what is going on here? <laughs> and just and watching the game, and like as soon as I looked up, is when Juju got smacked too. That was the funniest part. But it was like <laughs> yeah, the, the, the whole game stopped. I was like, oh, you saw that hit? So yeah, it how can you go from class to trash this fast I just don't understand it now they're looking like a team that when I talked about earlier I said there's gonna be one team that gives a boo-boo performance in the playoffs there's always that one team like oh this team shouldn't have made it mm-hmm. crazy it's, it might be the Steelers that give that boo-boo performance in the playoffs and get blown out by a team like the Colts who they have to play against you know upcoming or against somebody else they might not even win a division now like to go from, I understand they got some injuries. They had some schedule trouble, which I, you know, I definitely, my heart goes out to them because it wasn't their fault that two of the teams they played against had COVID outbreaks. So they had some bad breaks there, but there's no excuse to go from looking like you're leading a charge, being the most complete team in the NFL to losing to Cincinnati without Joe Burrow. You got Finley out there smiling on the bottom of piles and whatnot. This was just bad. I know. I know Finley really amazing with his athleticism if you want to call it that running the ball yesterday Pittsburgh had no idea what to do yeah look they looked extremely sluggish and Cincinnati looked like they were coming out ready to play it really was amazing there were so many things that were going on in that game um it's just again the fact that Pittsburgh amazed that they can't move the ball down the field they can't run Cincinnati was just all over them and again you're 11 and 0 and like you said the bill game you totally understand Washington. Okay, whatever. You finally lost, but you're going to lose three in a row now to the Bengals with Ryan Finley, like you said. No, that doesn't work for me. Nikki, uh, I'm totally with him. They were on my list. If he didn't say it, I probably would have said it. It maybe used four four-letter words. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it was definitely one of my options. I mean, dude, this team is just free falling. I don't know if you got any Tom Petty queued up there, but they are <laughs> free falling. And um, I don't know. I feel like we kind of saw this coming a little bit. I know we kind of touched on this past few weeks, but they haven't been right. They haven't looked right. And um, I think uh, they're in for a very rude awakening next week against Indy. Yeah, listen, if you're going to lose to the Steelers like, uh, excuse me, lose to the Bengals like that, then uh, like Damien said, you're not going to do much in the playoffs. My tomatoes can go to a few places also, guys. On um, the Steelers one, um, I could pick the Falcons, but I- I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the Rams just for again the fact that you can have first place. You know, you can be in that in that great spot where you'll have you know the third uh, in the conference in the NFC. You're at home. You got the Jets coming in. Did they lay flat? Did they just say, oh, whatever, we're going to win this game? I don't care what it is. You can't lose that game. It's impossible to happen. You're not allowed to let that happen if you're a real playoff team. They dropped out of my top 10 faster than a freaking UFO goes across the earth. I, they are gone. The Rams, and now when you talk about a team like in the AFC that the Steelers could be out number one, the Rams could be that number one team out. I don't like the way they look at all. They've been looking shaky lately to begin with, and now they got problems. Now they're behind Seattle, obviously. They're going to be a wild card team. They're going to be going on the road, and I don't even know if home is good for them. You can't let a team that has not won all year come in and beat you and consider yourself a playoff team, and they're probably going to go to the playoffs. Everything looks good. They win one more game. They're in. Everything is clinched, but you know what? Still, that's a team that's going out. So, again, another team – that's supposed to be a playoff team, guys, that did not show up in a big way. And you know they're going nowhere come playoff time, Nikki. Yeah, but you know what? I love the chaos. I really do. <laughs> chaos is wonderful. I'm not going to lie. Chaos is wonderful. But sometimes it is happier to, you know, to get a little, you know, one of these. Why don't we go ahead and do it? Let's give out some of a round of applause. Let's go backwards. I'm going to give out mine first, and I have a few to choose from, whether it be, you know, even the Jets players in that game or whatever. But you know what, guys? I'm going to go with the old man. I'm going to go with Brady coming back in the second half and doing it again to the freaking Falcons. Talk about flashbacks. They were on acid again i think uh the atlanta falcons with the flashbacks to the super bowl oh my god tom brady's doing it again atlanta just again had a game locked up like they've had 10 times this year and somehow seemed to lose it to the brady bunch over there without you know a lot of their guys playing great ab showed up that was a great call by you damian they were done they were done for but fournette got in the game he scored some touchdowns. Yes, he didn't have a lot of yardage, but they mixed it up and played, you know, a little bit more different style offense and changed everything in the second half. So you can even attribute a lot of that to Bruce Arians making those adjustments coming back at halftime. So I'm going to give it to Brady, the old man and the Bucks for coming back, even against Atlanta, who knows how to lose games as good as anybody does in the NFL, pretty much. But you know what? They did it anyway, and that puts them in much better position come playoff time, Damian. Yeah, no, that's a really good call right there. Uh, Atlanta, they definitely could be in there for tomatoes. Uh, as I always like to do, ah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> give, give me a nice good laugh when it comes to the Falcons giving up leads. Uh, now, for my round of applause, it goes to a player who didn't win his game, but he definitely had a winning performance. Got to go with Jalen Hurts, man. Jalen Hurts, I know Nikki's not going to like to hear this, uh, but 
going 24 for 44, 338 yards passing, three touchdowns. Uh, also had a rushing touchdown as well. Now he needs to hold on to the ball better, um, but that's something that can come with time. But you can see the skills are there. And now you have to ask uh, Carson Wentz, you know, as there's rumors about him saying that he doesn't want to be there if he's a backup. Uh, it seems like you don't have really the cachet or, you know, the position right now to say what you want to do. You know, you you got benched and the guy's <laughs> playing better than you. At this time, you might just want to be quiet and be a supporting teammate at this point. And when you're sitting on the bench <laughs> making thirty making thirty million dollars, that's yeah. not it's not a time for it's not a time for you to talk. <laughs> I see my mouth shut for that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I had to give my round of applause to Jalen Hurts for the way he performed in that game and giving the Eagles a true chance to beat the Cardinals in that one. If they would have beat the Cardinals, talk about chaos. It definitely would have caused it. Uh, but the Eagles might have a bright future there with Jalen Hurts. I think they do, and that's going to be cause for more conversation, talking about Carson Wentz and, of course, you know, him whining, and we all know what Arnold Schwarzenegger says. Stop whining. Stop whining. We don't <laughs> want to hear it like one thing. Trying to get traded and everything like that, and you know what? He just might. Nikki and I had talked about it when, um, you know, you were on your beautiful break about him possibly going to Indianapolis and having a rebirth over there with Frank Reich and behind an offensive line, something like that. You know, I don't mean to get, you know, too off task over here, but Jalen Hurts – should be, could be the future of that team with the way that he moves around. Again, in the NFL, you had to have athleticism at quarterback. And it's not that Carson Wentz doesn't. Just that Jalen Hurts has more. He even ran over Buda Baker in the end zone, Nikki. So Jalen Hurts right now, look, we have a very small sample size, but I'd love to see how he plays in these last couple of games and then what's going to happen in the offseason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't take it. I remember when Carson Wentz was got to Philly and it was like, ah, oh, the next hot thing. And, you know, so we'll see. We'll see. I'm not looking forward to this kid. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, but speaking of old men, I'm going to go the old man route for my round of applause and go with Frank Gore. Um, okay, I like that. He reached another milestone on Sunday, this 240th career game. He passed Lorenzo Neal at 239 for most games played by a running back. Dude is 37 years old and still looks, you know, quick. He is on it. He's making great decisions. He scored his 99th touchdown on offense, um, and he ranks 25, number 25 all-time um, on the list so you know what hats off to Frank Gore he's still getting it done I'm 36 I feel like I'm falling apart half the time so I have no excuse mm-hmm. so, you know hats off to the old men of the league still trying to get it done yeah I love that Damien he played his heart out yesterday he didn't want to go 0-16 he wasn't letting it happen and I'm a huge Frank Gore fan obviously from the 49ers you know we started out with him I never wanted him to go anywhere with the Hurricanes, he's just one of a hand more than 15 handfuls of running backs who came out of there with like Clinton Portis and Willis McGahee and a whole bunch of other guys, obviously, Damian. But Frank Gore, one of my favorite players. I do hope he's done after this year. I know he's having a lot of fun, but, you know, lay back, chill, do you? Uh, but, yeah, I got so much respect for him, man. There's no question. Everybody does. Yeah, no, you have to respect, you know, somebody at this age, at that position. Right now, with quarterbacks, it's going to be the norm now. When you have a franchise quarterback to play until, you know, their late 30s, even 40s, is going to become a normal thing, you know, in these years coming up. But with running backs, they're trying to get rid of running backs at 29, 28 years old. Right. The fact that this guy is still around at 37 and still being productive 
Uh, the fact that his son is playing in college right now and he's still in the NFL doing his thing is absolutely nuts. Uh, you, you know, on Saturday, you can see Frank Gore Jr. And Sunday, see Frank Gore doing his thing. It's something, it's something to behold, man. So oh, shout be out to him. Yeah, you don't see that in football. You can see that in baseball because you can play that much, much later, you know, and start earlier in your career and things like that. You don't see that sort of stuff in football, no doubt. Uh, before we get to commercial break, and I can't wait to get to week 14 rant recap let's just go over our records from last week we all did really well but there was a lot of crazy things like again pittsburgh who would have thought they would have lost the rams who would have thought the jets were going to beat them but we all did really well uh damian 10 and 6 no doubt and you went uh lone ranger on a lot of these bad boys so i got to give you props on that nikki you went 11 and 5 and i went 12 and 4 we all double lock no triple lock because of those great teams screwing us over but i feel good we picked uh good teams we also pick good players in our freaky fantasy draft we're going to get to that later but can't wait to get to freaking ranting recap there's a lot to go over we have a whole lot of stuff for you guys you know the way the third and three freaking does it man we got our playoff picture coming up mount play a play is going to be all christmas songs we got knowledge with nikki who knows where she's going to go today our freaky fantasy football draft week 16 picks all this stuff is coming up coming at you Third and three podcast with Damian, Nikki, and Jason. We're back in 60 seconds. One. I sit alone in my four corner room, staring at candles. Let me drop some shit like this here. At night I can't sleep, I toss and turn Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned Four walls just staring at a nigga I'm paranoid sleeping with my finger on the trigger My mother's always stressing I ain't living right But I ain't going out without a fight Yeah, you know we're keeping that A, B, C, D, E, F, G We do alphabet soup music over here On the 3rd and 3 podcast Getting through all of our letters Because we're running out of ideas as to what to do So hit us up at 3rd and 3 podcast podcast and give us a few ideas as what to do what kind of music you like to hear we'll be playing it for you we'll give you a shout out while we're at it all right shouting out my partners over here nikki and the real deal d in the house it's time for our ranting recap guys so let's get this bad boy going it's nfl time so gotta play quickly just a little bit of nfl music you know the little over the hill gang get these bad boys going all right, so what do we got first, ladies and gentlemen? What's the first game on the docket? The Chargers beat the Raiders. And again, if you want to be a playoff team, you got to beat those teams who are not as good. I know it's a divisional game, Nikki, and that counts. That makes sense. You know what? But I picked the Chargers for a reason because I don't believe in the Raiders. And the Raiders right now, I'm not sure, are believing in themselves, losing two in a row where they had destiny in their hands a week ago against the Colts. Yeah, so the Raiders basically out done. Yeah, they're done, right? <laughs> like, uh, I, I would think so. I, would I think just, so. I would uh, think. I'm taking it back. I'm taking back my John Gruden respect that I had last week. I wish I didn't put my money where my mouth is, pick the Raiders. No, but Justin Herbert, man, he's a primetime performer. Kid loves it. You could tell. I got a little bit of sympathy for the Raiders because their offensive coordinator also had COVID, and after watching Freddie Kitchens call plays because Jason Garrett had COVID, I feel for them a little bit, but yeah, no, you got to win these games. That's the whole point. At the end of the day, you got to win these freaking games, Damien, otherwise you're just not a playoff team, and again, if you do sneak in, you're going to be one and, one and done. Yeah, no, they definitely have proven to us that they're not a playoff team. 
if you know needing a miracle to beat the Jets, then you know prove that to us already. Yeah, uh, so it definitely yeah. was more of just proof in that pudding um, that they were making here of this non-playoff team. So yeah, it's disappointing, but the Raiders showed us who they truly are. Yeah, well, feel good for Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers for finally getting a win in one of those close games. Uh, you know, it was either the Falcons or the Raiders, and those are teams you could do it against. And, you know, they're starting to pick it up a little bit. And moving on into next year, we'll see what they do with their head coach. At least they got their quarterback secure. Make sure you got an offensive line for the kid and a defense, and things will work out pretty good over there in L.A. The other L.A. team we'll get to in a little bit, but we're going to talk about the Buffalo Bills right now who put a thumping on the Broncos, 48-19, to 19, guys. And this is a Saturday game that they had. Uh, phew, wow. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, why don't you just say it, Damian? We know the two words. Yes, we're definitely seeing that quantum, quantum leap. <laughs> Josh Allen, Damian, there's no doubt, bro. Take yeah. it away. No, we're definitely seeing that from Josh Allen. Loved his performance in this one. Um, loved the quick decision-making, the fact that he's not taking as many chances, right? That's one thing that Josh Allen has had in this game that people who believe in him have had to kind of defend is the fact that every once in a while he'll throw a crazy ball or he'll just do a crazy lateral out of nowhere. And now he's not taking those chances. He's being smarter right. with the ball. And he has – Two very, very good, if not great, receivers to throw to in Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley. Uh, Cole Beasley is somebody who's very sneaky, has had a great season. Yep. And uh, he's somebody who can be depended on. You know, Stefan Diggs is killing it. Had 100 and re- 147 receiving yards in this game, just being an absolute monster. It took care of business against a inferior team, and that's what true playoff teams do. That's exactly right it totally dominated them you know you figured out going a mile high maybe they'll have a tough you know skid in the beginning no 48 points they put up and you're right Cole Beasley coming out of the slot one of the better guys out of there he just knows and he's got that rapport Josh Allen so does Stefan Diggs and just imagine Nikki if John Brown was back and having that other deep threat and the defense now is playing better the Bills are one out of the handful of teams that you just do not want to play now No, you definitely don't. Talk about showing us what they are. The Bills have shown us that they are for real. And, you know, we called this, as we normally do, stay ahead of a curve. We called this way back in the summer. We said no excuses all along. And, listen, they've claimed their first AFC um, East title since 1995. And I just want to know, D, were you even born yet? (laughs) (laughs) Aren't you like 20, 28 or something or 26? Yeah, I was I was five years old at the time. Okay, all right, okay. okay. <laughs> a little oh, bit that better. Was good. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny, man. I like that. Yep, but uh yeah, really since ninety-five. And you guys know who the quarterback of the team was at Buffalo back then? Jim Kelly, right? Yep, that's right. Jim Kelly, exactly right. Still in 19, 1995, winning AFC East champion uh, chip, chips, whatever you want to call it, over uh, Dan Marino and the Dolphins over there. But yeah, the Broncos, again, uh, bad showing. It's been hectic for them up and down, left and right, all season long, without quarterbacks in a game. And Drew Locke, just, you know, again, not getting it together. Jerry Judy not being healthy. Tim Patrick emerging as the number one, but certainly not a true number one. 
So Denver, again, a team that, um, yeah, we had a lot, a lot of high hopes for. But, again, there's next season. Maybe there's a new head coach. There's offseason. So there is a bright spot for Denver. The problem is they're playing the same division as Kansas City and now Justin Herbert and if the Raiders ever get it together. So we'll see going forward. There was one more Saturday game, and that was the Green Bay Packers against the Carolina Panthers, won 24-16. So the Packers really did all their work in the first half, Damian. They took a nap in the second half. Carolina came within eight points, obviously. And again, Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers would have done what they had to have done. But I wouldn't worry so much about, you know, it being an eight-point game. Again, I think the Packers just kind of slept, took it off. Like, ah, we're up 24-3 at halftime. Panthers got no chance of getting back in this game. Yeah, it can be looked at that way, but also it can be looked at as a way of them playing down to the competition. Um, it wasn't that long ago that they barely beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in the game. So when you see games like that, where they have these kind of just um, lackadaisical performances, like, oh, will that come up in the playoffs? Will it be a, a team that can hit them in the mouth and they won't be able to respond because they're not doing it in the ways they're supposed to do it against even bad teams? So for me, it's not a panic button that I would press, but maybe I would have like my hand close to the button, just ready, <laughs> just in case it's needed. Because I do see some flaws in this team here in Green Bay. Well I do have the button for you. What the fuck? <laughs> All right, enough with that. That was too loud and too long, but definitely you get the point. There would be an explosion over there if bad things were to happen. They got the number one seed right now, Nikki. I again I didn't worry too much about the second half. They still held them down to sixteen points. Yeah, we're talking about Carolina who doesn't have a great offense, but I'm not worried if I'm a Green Bay Packer fan of you. Um, I'm not worried, but like Dee said, and we said it a few weeks ago as well, um, I think there's probably cause for a little bit of concern. But, I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones. And, by the way, Aaron Rodgers in this game, he becomes the first quarterback with three 40 TD pass seasons, which is um, – Really? Yeah, round of applause. He should have been my round of applause. That is something else. And again, the guys have, what, four interceptions all season? I mean, him and Mahomes put up these unbelievable numbers. It's like, how do you do that? You know, the the TD interception ratio is out of control. Really unbelievable. Uh, Guys, the next game we're going to go to, I kind of wanted to get out of the way. It was the Cowboys 49ers. I was hoping it was going to revert back to like an 80s, late 80s, early 90s style game. And it did, but not the way that I wanted it to. And just one thing about the game, that pointless Hail Mary that uh, C.J. Beathard came in when they claimed that Nick Mullins was hurt. The guy should have been the quarterback at least from the second half on because they were pretty much getting their butt kicked. And again, the Cowboys finding ways in how to score on offense. I don't know, Nicky, is Andy Dalton meshing with the wide receivers? And there's no Ezekiel Elliott there. It's Tony Pollard who's playing better. Yeah, Jay, come on. Didn't you talk to the team beforehand? <laughs> <laughs> I missed my flight. I missed my I, flight. I missed the flight. Yeah, COVID. Missed the flight. Yeah, the whole deal. <laughs> asking time. Oh, come on. The Niners, like, they basically handed the Cowboys, like, 24 points off of turnovers. I was disgusted. I'm sure you were, too. I was bummed out with this game. Of course I was bummed out. But I know what's to be expected. That's the thing. You see, this is why, guys, I don't get mad at this season because 
from week three on, I knew what was going to happen. All of our guys were out, and then more guys went out. We're down to second, third, fourth string. We're just picking up whoever we can. Once one guy gets healthy, another one goes out. So, yeah, it's been a season like that for a lot of teams. But when you talk about a Super Bowl team, excuse me, and all their key players are gone, including George Kittle, who is trying to make a comeback at the end of the year. I don't even know why. It doesn't make any sense. But it's not their bad play. It's the fact that they don't have the guys in that were there last year and they didn't have the offseason to get stuff ready. So as great as the coaching has been, that's my point with the 49ers. That's why I don't get mad, Damian, as much as if it were a team where they're not playing up to where their capabilities are. We're playing with backup players. Yeah. Now, at this point, you can't get mad about the performance. Uh, certain decisions, I guess, like you said, with maybe better having come in early, maybe you win this game. Uh, but Dallas is starting to find their offense. This is the offense that was there early in the year with Dak Prescott, right? But their defense was just so horrible that it didn't really matter. Uh, exactly. And they still have a chance in this division, unfortunately. So uh, we still have yeah. to hear from the Dallas Cowboys fans about how they're about to turn it around and uh, they're gonna get this last playoff spot. Uh, and they're yeah. going to surprise somebody in the playoffs. Right. So that's what I can blame on you, Jason, that the fact that we still have to hear this. Yeah, yeah. we don't want to hear this anymore. We're tired of it. I know. I know it's sick. They're only one game behind. I know it, it kind of makes people just really want to throw up. Nikki, I know you want to throw up. I mean, all right, so we'll get past that. There is more NFC East to come, Nikki. I'm sorry about that. And uh, we did give a round of applause to Jalen Hurts earlier. So, all right, let's go somewhere else. We'll stay in your division. But Washington did lose to keep you guys afloat as far as winning the NFC East. The Seahawks won the game 20 to 15. So they lucked it out a little bit. They had control there. They're up 20 to three uh, for most of the game going into the third quarter. But Washington, again, you know, made their little comeback. They were tough on defense. So they lost the game. But again, they're still a tough team. And even though they're going to win that division, most likely with a losing record, I don't think that teams really want to play that defensive line. They're really tough and you know it. Yeah, no, they have a really good defense. Um, they are very tough. And I messed up taking McLaurin. I don't think he had the greatest of the week. But I forgot Alex Smith wasn't playing. But either way, I think Washington is going to be that sneaky team. But here's the thing. They always do this. They always, you'll whoever they're playing, they'll get a lead. They find a way to come back. And then they lose it in some, like, just stupid fashion. Um, but that's just kind of their MO. But unfortunately, they probably will win the division. I hate talking about the NFC least. Um, but, hey, you know what? I'm glad Seattle won. Yeah, Seattle won, uh, Damien, and they took back control over the NFC West with the Rams' loss. Yeah, no, that definitely was probably a big surprise to even the Seahawks, the fact that they were able to get back in first place after, you know, the Rams uh, shit the bed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that time there. Exactly, exactly what happened. <laughs> so, and but for Washington, you're right. That defense is serious. And if there's, you know, two things that we know that travel well in the playoffs, it's defense and running game. And that defense will definitely keep them in games. Now, if Haskins, you know, can keep his hand in the playbook instead of the bra strap for, you know, a little bit of time, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they might be to do okay in the playoffs. So we'll have to see. I love it. I love it. Yep, we will see. We'll see what happens. And uh, I don't know exactly with Alex Smith, uh, but uh, again, 
We'll move on. We'll see from that game. But against Seahawks, 20-15, to 15, moving to a different division, the NFC North, where the Bears stayed alive just barely, 33-27 over the Minnesota Vikings. We're going to talk about the playoff picture in a few minutes after our ranting recap over here. But the thing is now, okay, so the Bears are scoring a whole bunch of points, uh, Damian, but they're giving up points as well. So what the hell is going on? I mean, uh, are they – you know, the Bears, are they just being more lackadaisical on defense? Are they just tired of it? But now that Chicago's scoring, you would think they would get more hyped up. I'm confused. Yeah. No, you would think that their defense would be there. And I think this game was two offenses that have seen these defenses before. So they okay. were able to go through. Because the first time they played against each other, both offenses struggled really bad. So I think this time they were... You know, usually it's the reverse where defense to see the offense and they get to adjust. I think this one is the offense is adjusting to the defense in this game. Trubisky, man, I just have to give him credit. Got to give him credit. He he performed very well. He's been very consistent. Uh, I don't know if it's a change from Nagy to now the offensive coordinator playing, you know, calling the play calls. But maybe that's it, you know, because he's making quick decisions. Even when pressure's in his face, there's a few plays where they might have did like a bootleg and the Bears had a free runner coming straight at Mitch. And he just was calm, made the right decision. He's playing well. Now, is this something that we can truly believe in? I don't know yet. I can't say that they should, you know, give him the player option or sign him yet. I can't say that. But he's showing that he can be an NFL quarterback and they should be on somebody's roster next year. Now, should he be starting? Probably not. But at least he's showing that he could be on somebody's roster next year. He's playing well. So I do have to give him that respect because I have given him all the eggs and thrown all the tomatoes at him when he's done bad so I do have to give him some credit there yeah well look yeah we can give Mitch Trubisky credit look he made it to the NFL he was the second overall pick and he looked good for a little while in his second year so we know the kid can play but I'm not going to get overhyped and overwhelmed with what he did I'm not saying Damian obviously but Nikki's still with uh, Trubisky he, he should not be the Bears' starting quarterback unless he has some major readjustment, and I don't know where that's going to come from. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I have not been able to figure Chicago out this entire season. Uh, it's like I can't pick them right. I just don't know what I'm getting. Are They they look like pretenders. They lose like five straight, then they go on a roll for three, and they look like world beaters. David Montgomery having like career days. Like I just don't know what to make of them, and I don't think anybody else does either. And so with this win, I know we'll go over the playoff picture, but now they're, what, within a game of Arizona, right? Is that right? Yep. Okay. I mean, I know we talked about it last week. If anyone was going to bump Arizona out and – I don't know if it's going to be Minnesota. I just don't know what to make of this team. I really don't. Well, uh, yeah, Minnesota, again, you know, we had high hopes on earlier, but the Bears definitely are the team now uh, in the backseat, I guess you can say, or on the bubble that can possibly get into it. We're going to get into the playoff picture, no doubt, like Nikki said. Let's get on to another game in AFC East matchup where you would have think it would be flip-flopped for the last 20 years, but the Dolphins won by 10, 22 to 12, Damian. So the Dolphins are not locked into the playoff spot yet, but you know what? They're playing like a playoff team, and Tua is playing like an NFL quarterback. Yeah, no, they definitely look like a playoff-quality team. Um, it's a shame that either them or Baltimore will be out, and <laughs> one of those teams from the NFC least will be in. It's definitely something that, you know, grinds my gears to think about that. Um, but Miami looks like a very good team. They took care of business against a team that doesn't have as much talent as they do. 
Um, we saw the Patriots beat them earlier this year. They were able to adjust to that game plan. Uh, they were able to make, you know, forcing Cam Newton to try to make passes that he hasn't been able to make all year. And they just took care of business. It wasn't, you know, the most aesthetically pleasing game. But it was one that they were able to just get the job done. And that's what playoffs teams do. No, definitely. Uh, you know, Nikki, it wasn't pretty. And again, Tua is their guy. But like I said, when we were talking last week that, you know, Belichick's going to give him a hard time. And he did. But ultimately, again, when you have a defense like that, we talk about what travels is defense. And now Miami plays down here in Florida. I'm sure they don't want to go up to cold weather and play that game. But you know what? They can. They're proving that they can do it. Yes. And you guys, this was a historic game. So this game, Miami beating New England, this game ended a 12-year playoff streak for the Patriots, 12 straight wins against a rookie quarterback for the Patriots, and 19 consecutive winning seasons for the Patriots. We have a changing of the guard, and I think Buffalo and Miami are going to be uh, cream of the crop for some time to come. They got their quarterbacks. There's no reason why not. Another team that's got that quarterback is your husband's team, the Ravens, putting up 40 points on the Jags. No big deal right there. But we just talked about uh, the Ravens on the bubble, and we're going to talk about the playoff picture coming up here in a few minutes. So the Ravens obviously took care of business and did not fall into a trap game, Nikki. No, they didn't. And all I got to say about this game is, Everybody's a winner. Baltimore wins. Jacksonville gets the first overall pick. Everybody <laughs> left Baltimore a winner. Good job. Yeah, uh, yeah, she pretty much said it right there, D. Yeah, no, there's nothing much to add to that. Everybody got what they needed to get. Yep, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Moving on, moving on. But two weeks left, we'll see. The Ravens, maybe they could sneak in over the Dolphins. Uh, again, we'll talk about their matchups. I mentioned earlier the Bucks came back. The Falcons were killing them. But halftime, uh, again, the old man, Tom Brady, came in and turned it around. And they needed uh, for moral purposes also, if they were going to lose to the Falcons, then team morale would be way down. The fact that they came back, I think, can uplift them and give them a little momentum, Damian. Definitely, definitely. A comeback like that can help you out. But the fact that you were in that position against the Falcons, who are 4-10, and 10, shows you that Tampa Bay may not be that team that we thought they could be early in the year. A lot of people still went with the Saints to win a division, but thought that Tampa Bay could win a Super Bowl from the wildcard spot. And they're not looking like a Super Bowl contender right now. They're looking like a team that has talent but doesn't know exactly what to do with all of the talent they have on both ends of the field. So I think Tampa Bay is a good team, but a team that for some reason isn't clicking the way they should click. Well, it makes sense because they definitely didn't look like it in the first half, Nikki, and they have had games this year that they have had big problems. So I'm not saying everything is fixed, but maybe they did get something with Bruce Arians and Tom Brady uh, throughout the week to try to figure something out. And it came out in the second half. So I don't know. Well, it- yeah, um, I just feel like Tom Brady loves to torment the Falcons, doesn't he? Oh, for sure. <laughs> he really does. Listen, I hope Bruce Arians and Tom Brady can get on the same page because there is so much star power and firepower on that team. Like, it, you know, I think the thing with Tampa Bay is like, you kind of, you know, maybe as a fan, you're just like, oh, this will automatically work. But we said it before. Sometimes you have too many superstars, too many egos in one place. doesn't always work right away. So I'm hoping they turn a page. I want to see this team like full throttle and really, really give the Saints a run for their money. I think that's amazing competition. So I think so. I think maybe we're getting into playoff mode with Tom Brady. 
Yeah, maybe so. That's where he belongs in the playoffs. This time it'll just be in a different conference. The Titans are poised to go back to the playoffs, scoring 46 against the Lions, 25. Damian, um, look, you know, hey, Nikki picked Ryan Tannehill and uh, uh, King Henry over there, and they both had great games. So uh, it's funny when your quarterback and your running back both can put up a whole bunch of points, and they did. It was against the Lions, and that's a team they're supposed to beat. So you know what? Golf clap. That's all I can give them right there, man. Yeah, no, nah, that's what they're supposed to do. You know, um, it's kind of like in school when, I mean, when I would come home with good grades, be like, hey, I got this A in PE. It's PE. That's what you're supposed <laughs> to do. <laughs> so, yeah, you're supposed that's to run the mile. You're supposed to change for gym. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's what this was. That's what it, they, you know, they changed for gym. They got dressed and they put their clothes back on. And that's what they did. <laughs> so, you know, they did what they're supposed to do. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Nikki, what what do you have to add on to this debacle of a game here? You know what? I'm just going to lock something in right now. So Derrick Henry needs only 321 yards against Green Bay and Houston for a 2,000-yard season, and I'm going to lock that in. Oh, I like that. That's a serious lock right there. We haven't even got to our locks yet, and that's a good lock right there. All right, I dig it. I dig it. Let's see what happens. All right. Moving on to the next game that we have on the docket over here, the Titans nemesis right now in the AFC South, the Colts, 27-20 to 20 over the Texans. Again, Deshaun Watson, who I love, one of my favorite players, was able to keep his team in it. But ultimately, again, the better team won Damian. The Colts won the game 27-20. They had the same record as the Titans, who currently have that division, but only by percentage points. So the Colts, again, they're doing what they got to do. They're beating the teams they have to. Same thing. Yeah, and this one gets a little more credit because it is a division opponent who always plays them tough. I said it last week. This game's going to be close. I don't know why. I can't explain it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You did. But, but it's going to be a close game. And the Houston kept it close, but as a veteran team, you have to win these games. As a team that wants to contend for a Super Bowl, you have to win these games against division opponents that know you very well. You have to be able to adjust to what they know and be able to bring something new to the table to beat them. And that's what the Colts did in this one. So you have to give them credit for that. That's right, because the Texans could beat them. They proved that in the first game. And in this game, you know, they they stuck around, Nikki. So you know that Houston – was able to play the Colts, but again, the Colts being the playoff team that we expect that they should be, that they are, they took care of it. Yes, as they should have. And all I have to add to this game is the Texans don't deserve Deshaun Watson. No, they don't. No, they don't at all. Uh, th- that's another thing. I-, I can rant and rave about that, talking about a rant and recap, guys. Deshaun Watson deserves so much better. We've talked about it before, whether it's a different team or getting him better players, getting rid of D-Hop, obviously a huge mistake, nothing that he liked. But this is a quarterback who is so great, and I'm using the word great he's a great quarterback that is going to be forgotten about unfortunately somewhere in the lines of like you know Matthew Stafford I think he's better than Matthew Stafford was at his peak but something like that great quarterbacks that aren't going to get any accolades because they played for cruddy teams yeah no I definitely agree with you there um it's kind of like maybe if you think back to like an Archie Manning back in the day uh, playing with the Saints Hopefully he doesn't have that type of role where he's playing on consistent teams that are bad. Maybe they can turn it around in the season or two, but they're definitely a far way away from being that team that 
was in a divisional round just last year. Oh, for sure. For sure. No doubt about it. No doubt. And we'll see going forward. Uh, we talked about this game a little bit earlier where the Cardinals won 33 to 26. So uh, we're in Cardinals looking in good shape. Um, they overtake and they get into the playoff picture right there with that big win. Jalen Hurts did play really well. So all is well and good there, Nikki, um, the Eagles for next year. But talking about this year with the Cardinals, that was a big win, a win that they needed and a win that they came close to blowing. But they they stuck together, Nikki. They stuck together. And oh, my God, just can we just give some love to D-Hop? I mean, <laughs> he is just so sick, isn't he? Some of those catches that he made, especially the one where he scored and he held on to it with one yes, hand firmly yes. coming down. <laughs> I, I mean, how many guys can do that? That's incredible. Yes, I just I love to marvel at like exceptional athletes and like if you're ever having like a bad day or a moment where you're like unmotivated for life, put on some D hop highlights <laughs> together and get hype. I like that right there. Hey, I'm all about it right there, D. I mean, look, D hop is to me again the best wide receiver in the NFL. Tyreek Hill is very close second. But DeAndre Hopkins, again, we saw what he did with that Hail Mary. And again, he catches everything. The best hands in the NFL, hands down, no pun intended. No, he's definitely up there in that conversation. And we talk about best hands of all time. They got DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald on the same team. Right. And those are two, you know, two of the best sets of hands that we've ever seen in the NFL. So right. that's, you know, crazy. And it just gives Colin Murray so much confidence when he throws that ball, you know, in a 50-50 situation to those guys. Uh, and Arizona did what they were supposed to do in this game as far as beating the Eagles, but the Eagles definitely were game. So you have to give the Cardinals credit for being able to withstand what the Eagles were doing, um, give their defense credit for forcing turnovers or at least forcing fumbles uh, in this game and making it tough on the Eagles' offense. Yep. But for the Cardinals, I still feel a little concerned going coming into the playoffs about some of the decisions that Kingsbury makes as a coach, um, their defense not being consistent. So I think they might get in, but if they do get in, it'll be tough for them to get past that first round. But we'll definitely get to that here in a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I can't wait to get into the playoff picture. Guys, we have uh, four more games that we're going to get to that we're going to close out before we get to that playoff picture. And then we got Matt Play Play coming up. So we're going to take a really quick 30-second break, and then we're going to come back. Third and three podcast, kicking your ass as always. Nikki, Damian, Jason in the house. We are back in 30. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get you smoothing and grooving right back into the tunes, the third and three podcast. That's what we're all about. We're going to continue what we've been doing, and that's rocking and rolling. And we got the NFL still. We're going back to week 15. We got a few more games left, and we're going to hit up our playoff picture and a whole lot more coming up for you. So we left off with the Cardinals and the Eagles, which brings us, guys, to the Jets and the Rams. We talked about the game pretty much already. 
All I had to say for the most part is congratulations, Jets, for not going 0-16. And to the Rams, you don't belong right now. You're proving to us that you don't belong. You're going to have to come out real strong in these last two games over here, not just win by a field goal. You're going to have to play pretty dominant. But bottom line is you have to win and show that you do belong. Because right now, Nikki, it doesn't look like they belong. No, it doesn't. And this game, I swear to God, was like 2020 wrapped up in a nutshell, right? Like the most unexpected shit just came out of this game. And I just want to know who actually took money on the Jets. If you did and you won money on this game, hit me up on Twitter at Nick 9384 I will shout you out every week because that is amazing. <laughs> no doubt. 17-point game. So you know what? If you took the Jets and you put, you put something on it, good for you. Congratulations, man. But Damien, again, the Rams not doing their job. The Jets not getting Trevor. Just a big losing day around there in L.A. for that for both teams, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, I know the players are happy that they won, but I feel like this is a situation where everybody leaves unsatisfied, and it's something that you know is for me. It's just a sad situation for Jets fans. I know quite a few of them, and like they're like, "We won." (laughs) (laughs) It's it's something. It's a horrible situation to have to root for your team to lose, and then when they win. That makes it even worse. So, yeah, I'm, I feel sorry for the Jets fans. And for Rams fans, I would be worried. Absolutely. Abs- right now, if you're a Rams fan, you have to be worried. Uh, there's no question. So let's see what goes going, going on the last couple of games of the season. And again, with these two teams who put on an incredible performance, the Chiefs and the Saints. Yeah, it started out a little bit slow, Damien. And this is your game over here. And Drew Brees going in with... Still, he he can't be fully healthy even after three, four weeks, 11 broken ribs, uh, and then some, a whole lot. But they ended up sticking in there mainly because of their defense. So I really want to talk to you guys about this game. I've never seen Patrick Mahomes really under that much duress. They definitely have an excellent defensive line. They can play on the back end as well. They did give him problems. Yeah, I know the Chiefs scored 32 points. I understand that. They were given a lot of opportunities when the Saints were doing their three and outs and things weren't working so much in the beginning. The Chiefs had chance after chance. So to me, that's the reason why they won. The Saints, to me, look like the better team, as sick as it kind of sounds. Damian, I'm going to throw it to you after, but the 32-29 score at the end, forget about the moral victory type of thing, Nikki. I mean, if that's your thing, go ahead and say it, but... uh, Staying away from that term, the Saints still should feel good walking away from this game, other than the fact that they're probably not going to obviously have home field advantage right now, although that is a possibility. We will talk about it during the playoff picture. So the Saints hung in there, did their thing, no Michael Thomas, but it shows that they're well beyond that because they got Sean Payton. So they battled the Chiefs really hard at home, and I like what I saw, and this could be a preview of the Super Bowl. Yeah, could be. Um, freaking Michael Thomas. You know, you text me, he was out. I was in Target. It was a madhouse. I had to quickly think of somebody else that I didn't say. <laughs> oh, man, Michael Thomas. Uh, maybe one of the, what do we got, two weeks left? I don't know. We'll see. You know, if you're the Saints, I mean, I don't think Drew Brees was quite ready to come back, but Damian will obviously speak to that better than I could. But I don't think you could be that upset that you lost to the Super Bowl champs. 
I, I, yeah, hear what you're saying. I hear D- Damien. I, I do want you to take it away. I mean, look, we all watched the game. Uh, we knew what was going on. Obviously, the Chiefs, number one team in the league, coming into the Saints' house. Uh, I believe they were favored in the game, um, even if not, um, despite the fact we knew this was the matchup of the weekend or the matchup of the year, if you want to call it that. And I know it's the first time you picked against a team, and you were correct. We all were. We all had Kansas City. But the way that it played out wasn't the way that we thought it was going to play out. Am I right? No, definitely not, especially when you look at the stats, the fact that Kansas City – had the ball for over 40 minutes. Um, they almost tripled the Saints in first downs, and somehow the Saints still stayed in the game. Uh, Drew Brees definitely didn't look right that first half. The interception he threw on the out route towards the outside, I don't know if I've seen a ball float in the air longer than that. Um, <laughs> like, so, yeah, he definitely wasn't 100%. Um, he started getting a little more of a rhythm towards the end of the second quarter into the second half our defense played phenomenal. Like you can't just look at the 32 points and say, oh, they gave up 32, like you said, because of those stats I mentioned earlier, the time possession, the fact that our offense, was they weren't turning the ball over, they're going three and out. So our offense was out, our defense was out there all day and managed to still keep us in this game. So that's a very good sign. You imagine that our offense, if we did get lucky enough to get to the Super Bowl, would play better in the rematch. Drew Brees have a little more time to get healthy. You have tape on that defense. You have now you will have more time to scheme up things to get our receivers open if Michael Thomas isn't able to come back. So that's one thing that could worry you a little bit is that without Michael Thomas, you don't have that dynamic receiver to get open. And you saw a little bit of that in some of those plays. It wasn't on Breeze. There was nobody open. Uh, Jared Cook, my God, hold on to the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for, you know, for him, he could be the number one guy. Without Michael Thomas there, if teams are going to focus all their energy on stopping Alvin Kamara, Jared Cook being that size, that speed, could be a dynamic weapon for us. But he has to hold on to the ball. Um, so I think that our team played well, defense especially. I wasn't extremely disappointed, especially since I picked the Chiefs. I expected us to lose. So the fact that we played and were able to keep the game close and had a chance to win at the end, it's something that, you know, you have to hold your head up about. And like I said, if we play them again, I do feel confident that we can beat them in a rematch. I do too. I the, the Saints are one of the very few teams that can beat the Chiefs. And again, we're going to the playoff picture soon. But but to hit on it there, you know, different divisions. So if they do meet up, it's going to be the Super Bowl. But there's only a couple of teams out there that could beat the Chiefs. The Saints are definitely one of them. Nikki, do you agree? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, the Saints can beat the Chiefs. The Saints can. I think the Bills can. What do you think about that? What do you guys think, Damian? Yeah, I would say Saints, Bills, um, maybe the Titans if Derrick Henry just goes crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Titans defense is something to, you know, to that leaves a lot to be desired. Um, but outside of those teams, I hate to say the Browns. I hate <laughs> to say the Browns. But right. the Browns have the formula, that run game. Uh, a defense that is okay and they can keep offense off the field. They have good coaching. So, you know, you can't just go by the old, that's the Browns. This is a new Browns and maybe they can catch them off guard. Uh, We know Baltimore, if they're going right, if they get in, if they're going right, they can do some things. Miami played them tough. So Kansas City is not unbeatable. They are the favorites for a reason, but they're definitely not unbeatable. 
No, everybody thinks they are because of Patrick Mahomes and Nikki, but I'm going to name another team. And, and I like all the teams that you said, but people forget when the Colts played the Chiefs, they beat them down. It was a 13 to 10 score. Now, again, some of it was a different dynamic, but now that the Colts are running the ball, obviously Phillip Rivers is not turning it over. They're playing tough defense. They're really well coached. I think, Nikki, you had the Colts into that conversation as a team that could beat the Chiefs. Um, yes, I would agree with you there. I am pretty high on the Colts. I love what they're doing. I like what I'm seeing. They are really turning it around. Um, so yeah, they are definitely going to be a force and I think they can beat the Steelers. They certainly can beat the Chiefs. So, um, yeah, no, I mean the Chiefs, like you guys said, they're not unbeatable. They're not unbeatable. To me, they're still the favorite. So I'm with I'm with that. They should be the number one team in the league. And they had the power rankings come out. And they are the number one team. They have been all year long. Again, with that one loss over there to a division matchup that we talked about with the Raiders, so on and so forth. Uh, with, with the Chiefs, what they have coming up, you know, if they can wrap everything up and, you know, have the number one seed and they're all good to go and kind of relax a little bit, have their bye week. They have the type of team and coach, again, who was there last year, where they can go ahead and make that run and do it again. But <laughs> it's amazing how last year we thought it was so tough for them. They were down at halftime pretty much every single game. And it's like, oh, well, I guess they're going to lose this one. I guess they're going to – nope, they kept winning and winning and winning. So who's going to be that team that finally goes up at halftime and stops the Chiefs from coming back? We're going to find out. There's a lot to go with it. So that game is great. It could be a sign of things to come again between these two teams, New Orleans and Kansas City. But uh, definitely great football, great stuff to see. I just want Drew Brees healthy and get the best out of New Orleans as he's riding out into the sunset and maybe his last season. We'll see. Nikki, let's get to your game. I know you don't want to talk about it. We did talk about the awful fake already. The Giants, where we were, man, we were getting really high on them, you know, four, five, six weeks ago, even talking about the defense and the fact that no other team really was a challenge for them in that division. But then here comes Washington. Taken from the other side, Nikki, um, we're going to go to you last, all right, because this is your team. So, Damian, going to the other side with the Browns winning 20 to 6. No, was it impressive? Did it glamorize you? No, it wasn't a big deal. But you know what the bottom line is? They won by two touchdowns. They covered the spread, if anybody really cares about that sort of thing. So they did doing what they're supposed to do. So I give them credit. Yeah, no, they did what they're supposed to do. As a playoff team, that's what you have to take care of. And that's how we're separating the Raiders and Rams of the world away from the Browns and Colts of the world because they're not taking care of business when they're supposed to. So you have to give credit to the Browns for doing what they're supposed to do, not being lackadaisical in their approach and winning this game. And, I, you know, I'm just going to say that because I want to hear what Nikki has to say. Yep, I want to hear what Nikki has to say. We're going to you right now, Nick. I mean, again, everything started with that. Awful, you know, uh, fake field goal and everything like that. Um, we knew they weren't going to score a lot of points. It was reliant upon the defense. And it's hard to tell a lot without Daniel Jones being at the top of his game and everything like that. So I, I don't want to hear as much as what you think is going to happen into the immediate future as far as what you think is going to happen in 2021 with the Giants possibly still, you know, they're still in it. They could make it this year, so we can't write them off. Uh, you know, there are still games to be played, and we're going to talk about that in a couple of minutes. But with the New York Giants, it seems like they do have a nucleus. But is Daniel Jones really that guy for you? Is it really in your heart and your gut? Daniel Jones can take us far in the playoffs and maybe do the Super Bowl. 
is he that guy? Um, well, if you ask Joe Judge today, he told the press, yes, he is. He is our guy. He's our guy next year moving forward. He's all in on Daniel Jones. Um, no, in my heart, I am not like, this is the guy. Like, granted, you know, I'm still bleeding Eli Blue through and through. Um, and listen, it's been tough. Like, you know, right now it's Colt McCoy. Like I said, you know, for Giants fans, we haven't had to worry about not having a quarterback for like 16 seasons. So it's weird for us. It's an adjustment. Um, and I know that a lot of fans definitely feel that way. Listen, I pray to God I'm wrong. I hope Daniel Jones can take us to, into the future. I, I don't know. I really don't know. I think maybe we get a couple good years out of him, but am I we getting like more than three, four, or five? I don't think so. Um, so I, I'm looking for improvement in 2021. I said that they'd probably win at least five games this year. So I'll say that maybe they win seven next year, seven or eight. The defense is really good. I don't think they've played great the past couple of weeks. Um, and I can't really judge the offense. I mean, friggin' Freddie Kitchens is calling the offense. Like Jason Garrett's got COVID. Joe Judge is new. Like the offensive line, Andrew Thomas keeps having bad days. Something's got to get with that kid because I cannot watch it anymore. Um, <laughs> it's just, it, it's painful. And I knew not to get my hopes up too much because this is what the Giants do. Um, so, yeah, I, I really, I ranted about it before. I, but the trickery was blowing my mind. And guess what? You can't do that against Baltimore this week. It's not going to work. No, no, definitely not. And I, I do wonder with, you know, there are some quarterbacks coming out this year that you can get third, fourth round. I don't know if the Giants have the, uh, have the balls to do that over there uh, with Daniel Jones and have him looking back. But then again, that's what just, all right, there's somebody behind me trying to take my spot. I ain't going to let that freaking happen. We'll see if they experiment with that. The last game to go over before the playoff picture and before we get to knowledge with Nikki, which we're going to do before Mount Player Player today, I wanted to mention to you guys, we're going to come out with Mount Player Player Fresh. It's Christmas songs. We're going to be playing music. We're going to be having a great time laughing, doing all that sort of stuff. So our next segment, we're going to come in with that. So before this last game, we'll do playoff picture knowledge with Nikki. But again, the Bengals, we talked about them beating the Steelers 27-17 in a game where it just looks like Pittsburgh was sluggish. The Bengals were ready to play. But again, a sign of things to come. Like we talked about, we don't have to beat it to death, Damian, with the Steelers, if they don't get it together in these last two games over here. And Mike Tomlin, who's a great coach, who has somewhat allowed this to happen because he is the head guy. He's the head coach, just like you. And you run a tight ship like he usually does. I'm really surprised that this has happened to Pittsburgh. So, again, unless they make a really strong uh, end-of-the-season two-game run, big problems with Pittsburgh going absolutely nowhere in the playoffs. Yeah, I Cannot agree with you more. You have to look at what we've seen, not only in this losing streak, but some of the games that they won against Dallas, against some other teams where they were playing way too close for comfort against teams that they are supposed to be better than. So you've been seeing this for a while. And if anybody can turn it around, it is Mike Tomlin. But you think about the injuries they have at the linebacker position, how offensively they're not able to get the ball downfield at all. So teams are not scared of them going downfield. So now you see teams just saying, okay, we're going to sit on all these little routes that you like to do. We're going to smash your receivers. Yep. We're, we're going to make sure, and you, we know you can't run the ball. And Roethlisberger isn't the same Roethlisberger anymore. He's, he's playing like little Ben instead of big Ben. Yeah. So now you have to really look at it and see 
is this team capable of being that team that we thought they were? I don't think so. Mm, I I don't think so either. Not the way that things have looked, Nikki. And and again, we've talked about it. So again, unless they show that they can really do something, again, it's amazing how you go from eleven and zero looking to you know one of the more unbeatable teams in the league and the team that's ranked number one, number two, to now being out of the top ten completely. I, you know, Bud Dupree and Devin Bush. You know, losing those two guys on defense are huge, but that doesn't make your offense any worse. They still got to score points. Yeah, they really needed this game to get right. But the thing is, I know we always talk about a get right game. Well, maybe they just kind of are what they are. Maybe this is it. And um, I don't think they're going to get right or turn the ship or whatever they're going to do against who they have coming up, Indy and Cleveland. Like Cleveland is red hot. So is Indy. Um, And we kind of touched on that a few weeks ago when we looked ahead at their schedule. So like I said, they are free falling and I don't see it stopping anytime soon. Oh man, Cleveland could win this division right now if Pittsburgh keeps falling down. They lose these last couple in, in Cleveland wins. That would, that would be unbelievable. Talk about things that you would never think would happen, let alone Cleveland making the playoffs, winning the division. <laughs> Forget about it. Wow. All right, let's get into this playoff stuff right now. First, AFC. We know the Chiefs got number one, pretty much locked in 13 and one. There, I think there's only one pop. I'll come out, and that's obviously them losing their last two games. Don't see it happening, especially with the Falcons coming up this week. You got the Bills at two, overtaking the Steelers at three with that horrible loss. The Titans are at four, over the Colts, who are at six by percentage-wise. In between them at number five is the Cleveland Browns. Then you got the Dolphins at seven, who play the Raiders this weekend. And on the bubble is the Ravens, Damian, like you mentioned, who play your Giants, Nikki. So we're assuming right now, before we get to our picks, that Baltimore is going to beat the Giants and that Miami's going to have a tough time with the Raiders. So we're not going to make our picks right now, but here's the scenario. The Ravens win, they move up. They both have a 9-5 and five record. Dolphins lose, they go down. I think that the Dolphins' chances of losing are much greater than the Ravens' chances of losing against the Giants. No offense, Nikki. Go to you in a second. Damien, your thoughts on this first. With the Raiders looking like what they looked like, and now they're 7-7, seven and seven, with the Dolphins having to go cross-country, and they've done it before and they've won, what do you think is going to happen coming out of these last couple of games with the Dolphins' schedule and the Ravens' schedule? Who do you think is going to take that seventh spot? Man, uh, with the Dolphins having that tiebreaker, I feel like they'll be able to hold on and have that last spot. And unfortunately, the Baltimore Ravens, a team that we all picked to go to the Super Bowl, (laughs) (laughs) is going to miss the playoffs. It's unfortunate because they are a playoff quality team, but they also did this to themselves as well, losing some games they they should not have lost. And they put themselves in a position now where even in a an expanded playoff race, they're going to find themselves on the outside looking in with a winning record. Amazing. They can go 11-5 and five and not make the playoffs in an expanded playoff season. That's almost unheard of, unbelievable, showing you how good the AFC actually is. Nikki, uh, we know the Dolphins' schedule. Again, coming up the Raiders this week in Las Vegas. The Ravens got your Giants. Uh, so you got a little husband and wife uh, thing going on. I don't know if I was going to be in the room watching the game. <laughs> but ultimately, who do you think comes out on top, Miami or Baltimore, when it's all said and done? Uh, when it's all said and done, I do think Baltimore comes out on top here. 
Um, it is definitely a close call, but let's be real. The Giants are not beating the Ravens. And I think there's a chance that the Raiders could beat the Dolphins. I agree. I think the Raiders could beat the Dolphins. Right now, they're pissed off. John Gruden's going to throw everything he's got at them. Miami's got a good defense, a very good defense. No doubt about it. They've been showing us uh, lately. But uh, Baltimore going to the Giants, you know, I'm not sure how they can win that game. And then they play Cincinnati in the last game of the year, I'm pretty sure. And then Miami's got, what, Buffalo in the the last game, if if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, I think it's Buffalo. Uh, All right, so this is an issue. This is why I think the Ravens, Damian, are are probably going to take that spot. But the Dolphins have destiny in their own hands. If they win out, that's it. Close the book, game over, they're in, and the Ravens are out of it. So that remains to be seen. We're going to make our picks later. Let's jump over to the NFC right now in the playoff picture before we get to our knowledge with Nikki. I can't wait. Mount Player Play is going to be so excited with Christmas. But here we go. Number one, Packers. I know you don't like it, Damien. With two, the Saints, they're still in it, even though the Packers have that head-to-head uh, uh, head-to-head win uh, with the percentage. The Seahawks are number three right now via the Rams' loss, who are still in it at number five, but in between is Washington in the NFC East. Hopefully, it'll be the Giants for Nikki's sake at the end. Uh, the Buccaneers still in there at number six, and the Arizona Cardinals now are in the number seven spot. They play the 49ers this weekend. The Bears on the bubble who just beat the Vikings play the Jaguars. So you would expect the Bears to win against the Jaguars who got nothing going and just won Trevor Lawrence. And the Arizona Cardinals playing the 49ers who play them well should beat them as well. So going forward, Damian, before we get to Nikki, what do you think is going to happen here? Does Arizona hold on? Or do the Bears somehow sneak in and win these last two and Arizona drops one? Yeah, I wish your 49ers were somewhat healthy. That would make this really, really fascinating. Right. Give us some drama. Um, but because they have so many injuries, I can see them having a one, two, three Cancun moment against, <laughs> the, <laughs> against the Cardinals. Now, I wouldn't blame them. You know, I'm not saying that in a bad way. Like, it's just so much that's happened to them this season. You can see them saying, okay, we're done. We're going to mail it in. And unfortunately, that'd be unfortunate for the Bears, who are starting to find their groove a little bit and playing against Jacksonville this week. Um, But I can see the Cardinals holding on to that spot. And unfortunately, I see the Packers holding on to that first seed with us being behind them and them having a tiebreak over us, having a head-to-head win from earlier this year. Yeah, the Saints would have to win out. The Packers would have to certainly lose. uh, They would have to lose both of them, I think, as, as the way it would turn out. So, you know, these games are still important for the Packers. But going to that last seed over there, um... Before we even talk about the NFC East, Nikki, just your thoughts on the Arizona Cardinals, if they're a playoff-worthy team at 8-6, and six, and the Bears turning it around on offense now at 7-7, seven seven, they could get up there and take over Arizona if they win and the Cardinals do lose. There's still two games left. What do you think happens here? Who's going to get that seven seed? Well, they are absolutely playoff-worthy because if we're talking about playoff-worthiness, no one in the NFC East should be allowed to go. So... <laughs> Which is why the AFC North has so many wins because they played us and we're so terrible. The entire division is so terrible. Um, so let's keep that in mind. Uh, no, I'm with D. I think Arizona, I think they win. I think they hold on to that spot. Um, and like I said, even if Chicago gets in, I just don't know about them. I, I, I don't know. I, I think we know what we got with Arizona and um, I think they hang on to that spot. But like I said, honestly, 
I don't think that FC East deserves to go. Somebody else should take that. I know. I know. Maybe, maybe they should adopt a new rule where it's just, you know, with the top six or top seven teams or whatever it is, despite yeah. this, despite that. Yeah, we'll see what they do. I do agree with you. I think Arizona's going to stay there. Um, the Bears, I don't think, are a worthy team in the playoffs, but Arizona is a team that could make some noise. I do like them, again, with the one-game record and two games left to go. So that's the playoff picture. Now it's going to get more spooky next week. We know that. And it keeps getting tricky, but we know how tricky things get over here. Let's do it. It is time to trick Knowledge with Nikki. All right, this is the time when Nikki takes over. This is her segment right here going against me and Damien, or I should say me and Damien going against Nikki over here. It is tough. She gives the knowledge with Nikki. I can't wait to get this bad boy going. I know it's Christmas themed somehow, but tell us what the theme of Knowledge with Nikki is this week. Oh, you are right, Jay. It is a Christmas theme, and it has nothing to do with sports. Oh, okay, great. (laughs) Here comes an 0 for 4. I'm ready. (laughs) Four questions each. They are just little tidbits I found interesting, and then um, some have a little bit of a backstory. So if you guys are ready, I am ready. Hey, I'm down. Let's do it. Uh, Damien, you went first last time, so I'll take the lumps first here. I am ready to go, and my brain cap is on. I'm like Patrick freaking Stewart, X-Men. Let's do this thing. All right, tie the thinking caps on, boys, because here we go. All right, Jay, which U.S. state was the first to declare Christmas as an official holiday? That's a great question. Uh, The first U.S. state to declare Christmas. Well, got to think a lot of Catholics. I'm going to take a shot at Massachusetts. No. Damien for the steal? I'm going to go with New Mexico. <laughs> no. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Wow. Yeah. Definitely wouldn't have guessed that, that one. Okay. Interesting. I'm writing that down. Now I got more knowledge. All right. <laughs> there you go. Where's it going? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay. Number two. Twas the night before Christmas was originally published under what name? Oh, goodness. Was the... You mean the author's name? No, the, the name of the story, the book. All right, so what was the original name of Twas the Night Before, Qu- yes. Before Christmas? Mm-hmm. All Through the House? <laughs> Did you say All Through the House? <laughs> not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. No. <laughs> A for the steel. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with the day before Christmas. The day before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was called A Visit from St. Nicholas. Oh, okay. Oh. All right. Visit from Mr. St. Nick. All right. Bring on the presents, man. That's what I'm talking about. All right. All right, Jay. We're we're bring on, yeah, I'm bringing on number three for you. This is special for you. It's a hometown question. Oh. When was the first tree put up at Rockefeller Center? Oh, man, I hope I'm right. 1934. D, you want to try to steal? I'm going to go with 1956. 
1931. Okay. All right. I knew it was somewhere in there. I, I feel good about it. I'll take a I think you should get a point for that one. I think you should get a point, too. Oh, okay. okay. I get a full point. Look at me. The Jew on Christmas is getting a point. I love it. So in 1931, I don't know if you guys know the backstory. I thought this was kind of cool. I didn't know. A group of construction workers decided to buy one of the the trees to lift their spirits during the Great Depression. And in 1933, it became an official tradition with a tree lighting. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I like that. Good backstory. Good backstory to a tough question. Awesome. Love it. All right. I got one. This is my last one. one, right? This is the last one, unless you end up stealing some of Damien's. So here we go. Okay, Jay. When gold was dropped down the chimney of the home of three poor sisters, it created what Christmas tradition? Wow. When the gold was dropped down the chimney of three sisters... What tradition was made? Wow. Um, uh, oh, my goodness. Um, opening one gift before Christmas? No. Damn. See? I'm going to say the tradition of Santa coming down the chimney because he wanted to get those gold coins. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, I do like that. Uh, no, stockings by the fireplace. Um, oh, and the gold that was, so Santa, well, St. Nicholas dropped the gold, um, in order to help the sisters fulfill their dowry. So, cause they were poor. So, huh. you know, very interesting. Okay. I dig it. All right. Okay. One out of four for me, D I'm going to try to be Robin Hood, the thief, if you can get any of these wrong. So let's see what happens. <laughs> I'm pretty Yay. sure you'll get some opportunities here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, D, what is the best-selling Christmas song ever? So the obvious answer might be wrong, but I'm going to go with Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. No. Okay. okay. The best-selling Christmas song. Um, uh, I'm going to say, is, is it Carol of the Bells? Which it is, is also in- cool. It's not. No, okay. Uh, it is White Christmas. Hmm. Oh, okay. I could have known that. All right. All right, D, you're up again, brother. All right, D, I have a little math for you. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> How many gifts in total were given in the 12 days of Christmas? Ooh. Okay, I'm like the song is playing in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with 100. No. Jay? Okay. I'm not going to go near that number. I'm I'm going to go with, um, <laughs> I'm going to try to be mathematical. This is ridiculous. <laughs> um, 22. 364. It's going to go back to math class. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, that's hilarious. All right, let's go to number three. Damien, what is the significance of a Yule log cake? Uh, It is the cake of the good children, not the naughty children. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's great. (laughs) 
answers that are like i'm glad they're recorded <laughs> <laughs> so, what was that one more time what was that question uh yes what is the significance of the yule log cake i don't know i don't do any have anything to do with old lang syne uh no that's no. not either <laughs> oh my god that's right i'm so <laughs> stupid card for jay put it out right away oh <laughs> all right so, d you need this one man so the cake symbolizes the log that you should burn on Christmas Eve. And if the log goes out before morning, it is believed that you will have bad luck in the next year. Oh, oh wow. Ooh, okay. So I'm just not going to stay away from the log, period. Then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't touching the logs. All right, a last one for you. Which president had his own special recipe for eggnog? Which president had his own special recipe for eggnog? That definitely seems like a George W. Bush thing to do. Huh. No. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, um, you know what? I'll go with FDR. No. So, and this is funny. Listen to the backstory. Um, it was George Washington. He had his own oh, recipe. Wow. Um... So during colonial times, eggnog was popular, right? And a special occasion drink due to, you know, milk, eggs, alcohol, which were expensive at the time. So according to kitchen records, and we know the drunk that George Washington is, he <laughs> eggnog-like drink. So what was in his recipe? Cream, milk, 12 tablespoons of sugar, 12 eggs, brandy, whiskey, sherry, and Jamaican rum. Oh my God! Wash wow. all his visitors at Mount Vernon. So, like I said on election week with trivia, the country was founded on drunks, and I'm pretty sure it's still ran by a bunch of drunks. <laughs> <laughs> that is so well done. Excellent job! <laughs> wow. No, wait the, the, right there. the crazy uh, thing is, if they didn't die from alcohol, they were going to die from the sugar in the drink. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> I thought maybe Washington did it because of his wooden teeth. Like maybe he couldn't have a certain like type of drink or something. But I, all right, th there you go. <laughs> Knowledge with Nikki, tricky as always. She did it again, ladies and gentlemen. Wonderful, wonderful. We love it. Hey, we're coming back with Mount Player Player Christmas songs. You're gonna get to hear them. You're gonna get to hear our top four list. We got Freaky Fantasy Football and our Week 16 picks. You stick right there. We're coming back in 30 seconds. One. Tell me you're not tapping your foot right now. Don't be a liar. I don't want to hear it because you know that's smooth, man. That is smooth stuff right there. We're back. Third and three podcast NFL talk all over the place. And we are ready now to get into the Mount Player Player edition Christmas songs, our top four. Here we go. You guys want music? 
You guys want Christmas? We got it for you right here. It's going to be our top four Christmas songs. I don't know if it's going to be exactly all the same. I know that we got a lot of the same type of songs in there, but we'll see where our one through four goes. So we're going to play a little music for you while we go through our list. Third and three podcast Christmas edition here. We'll be back for New Year's, but right now we're getting holy with the holidays over here. Everybody, we wish you happy holidays, whatever it is that you believe in. Hopefully, it's all good things. That's all we care about. So, here we go, guys. You ready to do this thing? Ready. Let's go. All right. So, Christmas songs it is, our top four. We're going to start with our number four Christmas songs. And, Nikki, I would love to go to you first. What is your number four Christmas song? Wow, my number four is My Only Wish This Year by Britney Spears. Of course, I had to get my girl on there somewhere on the list. Well, Um, let's get some of that music in there. Let's get it. Let's hear some. All right, there's Brittany getting her groove on Christmas style. Number four for Nikki. Number four. Thank you for playing it because it's an underrated song. Maybe a lot of people haven't heard it, but it is a pop bop from the pop princess herself. So that is my number four. I love it. I love it. There you go. We know how much you love Britney around here. Not everybody does, but we know. Don't believe us. We know. Hey, Damien, you ready for your number four, bro? Yes, I am ready for my number four. Uh, just on Nikki's number four, I think it's hilarious when she's like, Santa, can you hear me? Like, we can't hear a voice, <laughs> but we can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you leave Britney alone. <laughs> um. But for my number four, this song is just so 90s, so 90s. And when you think about the 90s, you think about a group, you think about TLC. And my number four is Sleigh Ride by TLC. Let's hear it. Get ready. hell 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 of a choice right there my friend why is that your number four that's a beautiful one like i just love to beat i love to be able to dance to a song if anybody's seen any of the videos from my wedding <laughs> you know that i like to, <laughs> to get did. my jam on a little bit <laughs> <laughs> and this is the perfect christmas song to get your jam on to uh tlc one of my favorite groups to ever do it love hearing you know left eyes voice you know rest in peace to lisa left lopez at the beginning there Absolutely. So it's just one of those songs that brings back memories and it's just a classic jam right there for you on Christmas. It is a jam, no doubt. Nikki, I know you love you some TLC also. I do. My first CD, Crazy Sexy Cool TLC. And when I was in eighth grade, my last year trick-or-treating, my friends and I went as TLC. Oh, That's how awesome. about that? That's and awesome. I was I was I was left eye. So <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I love it. If you have any pictures, please send them uh, over. Yeah, I do, but I'm not. <laughs> Come on. We're we family here. Don't we worry. We got to see those. 
We won't show them to anybody. We oh, promise. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. They may be at my parents' house. I don't know. I wish I could find them. Oh, <laughs> All right, guys, here we go. Here's my number four. And I'm sure you did not see this one coming, but here it is. I'm sure you didn't think I was going to pick out George Michael and Wham for my number four Christmas song. But you know what, guys? That's a beautiful freaking song right there. It really is. I'm sure you both have heard that song at some point in your life, correct? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah I've, I've heard it. It's, it's a little depressing, but I've heard it. A little bit. He's right, Nikki. I know what, I know what he's saying. I, I, I know <laughs> what you mean by that. But if you just try to just you know, make it the Christmas song. And again, that's what we're doing on top four ones. I, I love the flows. It sounds like a beautiful song. If you kind of take some of the lyrics out, then yeah, bro, I know where you're going with that one. <laughs> I do want to and, well, you know what, D? He also, remember, the Thanksgiving list wasn't so great. So I'm interested <laughs> in the rest of the, of the song. <laughs> All right, so there you go. That's my number four. Wham coming out of freaking wham nowhere. But let's get to our number three now. Nikki, you want to take it away? I do want to take it away to Carol of the Bell slash Christmas Eve. Has Mm -hmm. to be by Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Absolutely. Here we go. Actually, that's not the one I wanted to play. So let me go to the one I wanted to play (laughs) without giving anything away. Let's rock Christmas time. Let's hear stuff that we want to hear. Oh, I love this. That's like serious Christmas music right there. Yeah. I don't know, Nikki. I don't know if number three, I don't know how much better it gets than that. That song gives me chills right there. That I know, right? It gets me hype. I love it. I love the buildup. And the ex-dance teacher in me can't hear it without choreographing. Um, <laughs> which is how I hear most music, which is like a you know curse and a blessing at the same time. But more importantly, I think of Home Alone when I hear this. He's running from the church. He's running home to set up his traps and microwave his macaroni and cheese dinner. So it's it's Christmas hype all wrapped up. That's right. No doubt. You know, Home Alone is my number one song. So I'm with that. Yes, this one is a great one, Damien. There's no question about it. I, I, I love this. It's just, it's excellent. So perfectly well done, man. So what's your number three? What's your perfectly well done number three Christmas song? Yeah, it's going to be hard to top that one, man, because that's the theme of every car salesman Christmas commercial right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a reason why it gets played so much. It's an excellent song. For my number three, my number three is a classic. 
a lot of people think this is the best Christmas song of all time. I'm talking about This Christmas by Donny Hathaway. All right. All right. Let's hear it. Here we go. Damien, I think that's a great choice right there, my friend. I love it. The voice is great. It comes in smooth. Excellent choice right there, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's a classic one. If you are in a point in your relationship where you're trying to get this girl and you, you know, it's Christmas time, you play that song right there. Let her know That'll how you feel it. about her. <laughs> Even Nikki That'll said it. it. That'll do it. That'll do it. <laughs> Definitely. This Christmas <laughs> yeah, so we'll definitely get you right where you need to go. Classic right there. It's been on uh <laughs> it's been on a lot of movies as well, uh about Christmas and where you had a Christmas love story, you'll hear this song. It's definitely one that will be played forever. So that's why it's in my top four. It's probably like I said, for me it's probably the best of all time, but I have two that I just like listen to a little bit more. But this Christmas by Danny Hathaway is all time classic. Absolutely, man. Hey, hey, you hit it on the head right there. So far, I'm loving the songs, loving them definitely. All right, let's get to my number three, maybe a little bit off the list of not you think would be the greatest Christmas guy to maybe sing the songs, but we all know Santa Claus is coming to town, right? But when it went by Bruce Springsteen, it went a little something like this. Yeah, I love this song. So that's definitely a classic right there in itself. Santa Claus is coming to town. But when the boss is singing it, you got to freaking listen to it, Nikki. Am I correct? You are correct. My parents are huge Bruce Springsteen fans. And fun fact, if you go to the WOW Workout World, well, it's called Jersey Strong now in Shrewsbury, you can often find Bruce himself working out at the treadmill next to you. Ah, how about that? Is he singing to his own songs while yeah. he's doing it? Well, you know what? It's cool. You see him around town a lot. Um, and everybody just kind of gives a little nod and kind of leaves him alone. But it is cool to see him in person. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, that guy's uh, Jersey through and through. There's no doubt about it. All right, so that's my number three right there. Nikki, you ready to get to your number two I of am. all time? My number two of all time is Baby It's Cold Outside. Adina Menzel. That's the version I like. And here we go. Let's play it. I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I gotta go away. Baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been. I'm hoping that you so dropped in. 
very nice. I'll hold your hands, they're just like mine. My mother will start to Beautiful, what's your My father will be pacing the floor. Listen to that flap. Oh, yeah, Nikki. Well done right there. Maybe not as well known to the masses, but that's a song I know, and that's a song I really like, too. Yeah, and you know what? I picked it because it gets a lot of hate. It doesn't get a lot of love. A lot of people call it, like, rapey and creepy. And so I just kind of want to say you got to keep it in perspective. The song was written in, like, 1944 when... You know, it was an unmarried woman like staying at a man's house was like unheard of, you know, for her to be unchaperoned. So I take a different approach to it. She is a rebel and a rule breaker. I love a fellow rebel and rule breaker. And she's making her own decisions. It is a fun, flirty song. And I don't think there's any harm to it. In fact, the guy who wrote it, him and his wife used to perform it at parties as a party trick. Oh, how about, look at you. She's got knowledge all over the freaking place. <laughs> oh, 16,000 on your SATs, Nikki? Jesus. No, actually, no I, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you must have done something pretty good because you got a heck of a lot of knowledge in that head. And great song right there. Wow. All right, let's keep it rolling. Number two, Damien. What do we got now? So for my number two, got to bring it to the 80s. To our friends, they are contributors to the show. Run DMC, they contribute yes. the Tricky Nicky song for us. And they have a classic called Christmas and Hollis. They sure do. Let's play it. The turntable's going. Where's the extra mic at? Now that is a hot jam right there, D. Yes, definitely a classic right there. Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. Mom cooking chicken in collard greens. You gotta love it. Oh, you gotta love that. That just gave us a whole verse. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you gotta love that right there. What's you know? What's more Christmas than chicken and collard greens? You know, um, so, <laughs> it just it just brings you home, and it's a classic. Another one that you could dance to brings back memories. Gotta love Run DMC. Absolutely. All over it. All over it. Well done right there, my friend. No question about it. All right. So our number twos, we're going to keep rocking and rolling over here. So I shall give you my number two right now. And here it is. Lining her up. Ready to roll. Get the mute off. I'm sorry. That's not mine. No, yes, it is, as a matter of fact. And Nikki, just to get with you over here, my number two was this. Just like you, but a little bit higher. Nice. Again, we talked about it. That song, again, just gives me the chills. I could have put it at number one. I do have another one that I will reveal, obviously, in a couple of seconds. But already we have talked about that song. But there are no words in it. And sometimes that's just the best feeling. The beat 
feeling the melody, feeling the joy and the holiday and everything that goes along with it. So that is the song that I would even listen to on September 15th or, you know, June 4th or whatever like that. I just love the way that that song goes. So that's my number two right there. And to keep this bad boy going, we are at numero uno. Nikki, give it away. Give it away to the best Christmas song that was written in 15 freaking minutes. It is festive (laughs) AF. It is the queen of Christmas herself, Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas is you. We're going to play it a little bit right here. And there is no doubt about it, Nikki. That is the number one song. And I'm going to skip over you, Damien, because that is my number one song also. I freaking love it. I love Mariah Carey. I love the video. I love everything about it, Nikki. So I share number one with you right there. Wonderful. Yeah, no, it's so festive. Don't pretend you don't try to hit that high note when she starts. And I swear you could hear this like in the gas station and you're automatically in the holiday festive mood. So Yes, I agree that if Mariah is the queen of Christmas, that song is the queen of all songs. Damien, you you know how great it is. It may not be your number one, but you know that that song is just freaking phenomenal. No, it's an absolutely great song. Um, the reason I didn't have it number one because I knew that Nikki would have it number one. So, I, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was like, I'm going to let her have it uh, for that one. And I heard this take earlier today on, uh, I think it was... Uh, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. And somebody said, Mariah Carey's song is definitely great for Christmas, but is Mariah Carey great for Christmas? Yeah. Hey, listen, them sexy Santa outfits do it for me, all right? So I'm cool with it, bro. I got Wow. She is great looking for Christmas. I'll give her that. Yeah. She got that going on, no doubt. Now, for my number one, I went with a group that did have a hit with Mariah Carey in the 90s that was uh, on, the t- on the charts for quite a while. I'm talking about Boys to Men, and their song is called Let It Snow. And let's let it snow right now. It doesn't happen down here in Florida, but Nikki knows about it up there in Jersey. Let's let it Christmas holiday. 
man, Boys to Men. I mean, not only a great song, one of my favorites of all time. And they, those guys just really knew how to do it, Damien. And they put it together so well for your number one. Yeah, you got to love the mixture of voices that they had in their group. So many yes. classic songs from them. And again, I'm a big 90s head. And this right here is your classic 90s R&B type of song. Let it snow. If it's snowing outside, I remember one, we had a Christmas miracle in New Orleans one year. I believe I was 14 and it snowed. And in New Orleans, we understand like the weather down there. It's a, truly a miracle for the snow at any point. So wow. and for we, my mom had this song playing and we went outside and tried to play football in the snow. Now I realize how hard that is. <laughs> <laughs> the ball the ball's just a rock. So I, I don't know how they do it, <laughs> but. It's something that I'll never forget that song playing as we went outside and played in the snow and threw snowballs at each other for the first time in my life. So wow. that was something that, uh, that I'll always remember. Hey, Aww. man. Holy crap. Nikki, he's giving me goosebumps right now with that no, story. Oh, that's a sweet story. Well, if you're missing snow, there's still plenty up here on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> that, see, it was, it was fun the first time I ever experienced it. But then when I lived in Chicago for a little bit, I definitely got over that feeling very quickly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's something you want to live through. That's for sure. I can attest to that. And Nikki definitely knows what's going on with that, no doubt. But a uh, great song, great choice, and a great memory right there that you share with us, man. I think that was beautiful. Really well done. Thanks a lot for that. Awesome stuff right there. We've been doing Christmas. We've been doing football. We're going to keep doing our football. But now it's going to get freaky with our freaky fantasy football draft. Here we go. We have really come close to running out of players. I know Nikki is chomping her fingernails off right now. Yeah, is- they are. They got to have a nail appointment tomorrow. Some of them <laughs> well, you know what? It's too bad we don't give out money for our records, Nikki, because you won this week, my oh, dear. Excellent my job. Yes, you did. With a 93.82 score, Damien, you did very well as well, but not quite as well as Nikki. Uh, Damien, 81.32. And I finished in dead last, of course, at 72.12. So with that meaning, I am going to go first. Damien's going second. And Nikki is going third, our champion of the week over here. And during our next show, our next couple of shows, as we get into the playoffs, we're going to go over all the records throughout the year and who we picked and all that great stuff, see where we were right, where we were wrong, where we were maybe, and all that great stuff. So we're about to hit up this bad boy right now. I'm going to make the first pick. Damien's going second and our champ of the week, Nikki, will go third and she'll get two picks and then we'll make our picks and locks for the week of the regular game. So here we go. All right. Quarterback, wide receiver, running back, defense. Who do I want to go first? I saw a few matchups I did like uh, this week, guys. And you know what? I haven't taken him yet. And oh, man. I keep going back and forth between two guys that I really want to take bad, but you know, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Deshaun Watson. I haven't taken him yet this year. He's playing on a bad team. I know it, but somehow he seems to get the job done. He puts up points, whether he's running into the end zone or whatever it may be. So, you know what? I'll take Deshaun Watson as my quarterback and start off there. Damien, I'll kick it over to you now. You know, what's nuts who I have not taken this year because I overthought it uh, when they played against the Jets and I didn't take him when I was supposed to. I have not taken Patrick Mahomes. What? Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah oh so I'm going to go ahead and take Patrick Mahomes this week. Lucky you, bro. Oh, boy. All right, Nikki, we're already in trouble. Yeah, that's Here we- it. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> Crown the champ now. 
right. Oh, boy. Jeez. Yeah. And who are they going against? Uh, the Chiefs got this week. Um, oh, why don't I know off the top of my Oh, the Falcons. That's right. They got the Falcons. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. We're in a whole lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> this is bad. This is bad. All right, Nikki, you get two picks right now. So who are you going to go with? Okay. I am going to go with. Um, yeah, let me take, I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to go Baker Mayfield against the Jets. Okay. That's not a bad pick at all. That is not not a bad pick. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think the Jets are going to be rock and rolling on defense like they were again last week. All right. So you got Mayfield and you get another pick uh, as well. Um, I'm going to go, let's see. I'm going to go wide receiver and I'm going to go AJ Brown and they're um, up against Green Bay. Very good. Okay. Not bad so far. Yeah. You've been riding that Tennessee uh, Titans train for a while, uh, a little yeah. bit over there. Yeah, Tannehill and Henry last this week. Is the and- end of it, I think. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, so far, so good. It's been working out. All right, Damien, you got Mahomes, man. Wow. All right. Who's going to be your Mahomes? Well, speaking uh, speaking of my homies, I'm going to make this a combo platter and go to my tight end and take Travis Kelsey. Ah, well done, sir. Okay. (laughs) He was like the only guy who did well for me last week. All right. So here we go. All right. I picked the Sean Watson. And the reason why I did pick him is because going against the Bengals. So let's see about my other picks over here. Um, Running back. I want to go ahead and take, I see a few out there that I like a lot. And I think, eh, not with the Colts matchup. I don't want to do that yet. You know what I'm going to take, guys, actually? I'm going to take Le'Veon Bell. Odd. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, Nikki. I got backups. I got backups. (laughs) That's good. Got to have backups. That's very important because great minds do think alike over here. So with Clyde Edwards to lay around, I'm going to take – Le'Veon Bell, and for my next pick, I'm going to go with, uh, you know I'm going to go with? A guy who consistently always makes plays and isn't talked about enough because he's on one of those bad wishy-washy teams over there, and that's Allen Robinson. I haven't picked him yet this year. I think he's going to do big things against the Jaguars, so I'm going to take him for my wide receiver. And now we are up to Damian who has got Mahomes and Kelsey combo platter, which scares the living freaking daylights out of me and Nikki. But let's see who he picks next. All right, so next I'm going to go running back. And I'm going to go with uh, James Robinson from Jacksonville. All right, okay. Two Robinsons in a row. I love it. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, James Robinson definitely been doing his thing this year, a rookie of the year candidate for sure. There's no doubt about it coming out of nowhere, not even being drafted. All right, so good job right there. Let's see what he can do this weekend uh, as the Jags take on the Bears at home. All right, Nikki, you got two picks now. Okay, so I'm actually going to go running back, and I'm going to go David Montgomery against Jacksonville. He's been doing it lately. I mean, yeah, he really has for whatever reason it's been. He's been he's been really getting his stuff going. So a good pick right there. Uh, all right. And then I guess I'll go tight end because <clears throat> somebody took mine. So <laughs> let me go. Uh, let me go. I can't say. How do you say his last name from Miami? Uh, oh, Mike Gusecki. Yes. He might be injured. We'll look at that later. Uh, but for now, we'll go with Gusecki. We'll, 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 right. you know, we'll look at it during the week. It's all good. It's all good. So we'll check on that a little bit after. All right, Damien, you got Mahomes, James Robinson, and Travis Kelsey. Where do you go next? Defense or wide receiver? I'm going to go wide receiver next. 
And I think that Emmanuel Sanders is due for a good game against the Vikings. Well, he is due, bro, because he seems like he's disappeared pretty much throughout the majority of this year. So he's definitely due. And without Michael Thomas there, yeah, I would expect that he'd be getting the majority of the targets. So we'll see how that goes. All right. Um, I get my last two picks over here. I got Watson, Bell, Allen, Rond, and a defense. Uh, For defense, guys, I think I'm going to go with – let me just make sure I want to take uh, – yeah, I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Bucks defense this week, all right? Uh, this team is getting fired up over here. They're playing the Lions, so I don't even think Stafford is playing in that game. So I do like the Bucks a lot on that would be a Saturday game. So now i got to pick my tight end, which unfortunately I wasn't prepared for. But you know what? It's okay. Even if Dwayne Haskins is in there in the Rivera Bowl with the Panthers in Washington, Logan Thomas has been doing a hell of a job the past couple of weeks. So I'll take Logan Thomas from the Washington football team. And that will complete my team, which we'll go over again after. Damian, you got your last pick with your defense. Yeah, I've been looking at this schedule, getting real thin here on the defensive end. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with, you know, I'm just going to make it a Kansas City Fest. I'm going to take Kansas City's defense against Atlanta. All right. This guy's all about Kansas City, Missouri right now. Send him some (laughs) of them great smelling smells that come out of Kansas City when they're actually barbecue. (laughs) Yeah, some barbecue. They got one of the best around. Know that about it in any sport. All right, Nikki, you get to close it out with your defense now. Um, oh, God. I'm really, I, you know what? Nick, hope I didn't. Oh, there you are. Nick, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. What'd you say? No, I just, yeah, it's like slim pickings here, but um, let's, uh, let's go Chicago. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. It makes a lot of sense going against Jacksonville. Not bad picks at all. All right, let's review them. Nikki, our champion, our reign champion this week is going with Baker Mayfield, who's been hot lately, as has been David Montgomery for the Bears. A.J. Brown, who is one of a hell of a wide receiver. Mike Gusecki, who has become to his favorite target. And Chicago's defense, Damian, has got Patrick Mahomes, sneaky guy, held on to him until this uh, late in the year. Also, James Robinson from Jacksonville. His boy, Emmanuel Sanders, who was my boy last year. Travis Kelsey, a tight end. And the Kansas City Chiefs defense. I have Deshaun Watson, a quarterback. Le'Veon Bellin because CEH is out. Allen Robinson from Chicago. Logan Thomas from the Washington football team and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense this Saturday against the Lions. That is our freaky fantasy draft, ladies and gentlemen. And you know what? I don't see a clear winner this week. You know, Nikki, I saw you kicking butt last week. I knew it was going to happen, but I don't see a clear one this time. So I think it's going to get very exciting as we go on. Uh, right. I do. It's called Damien, and he has a <laughs> load of Kansas City barbecue sauce over there. Yeah, it loaded on. You know what? You got a good point, especially with Mahomes. Unless he takes a day off somehow, then yeah, we're, we're in a lot of trouble. We're in yeah, trouble. Maybe we'll get a Christmas present. I <laughs> yeah, we shall see. We shall see. Hey guys, we got a little bit extra time for you over here. We um, we're gonna do one more segment with you, and that's gonna be a week. 16 i can't believe it week 16 picks and locks so you're hanging there for one more break 30 seconds we'll be right back with it giving you all the locks all the picks everything you need to know for week 16 coming up we're back in 30 seconds one (laughs) 
Let's get this going over here. Third and free podcast. We are back for our last segment of the day. You know, we keep it going with the G thing. A, B, C, D, E, F, G is our letter today. Next week, what comes after G? H? We'll do H next week. All right, that sounds good. But we're doing football (laughs) over here. Our very last segment is the week. (laughs) 16. <laughs> I'm so old. I, I don't remember anything, man. I was telling Nikki, if I don't write it down within 13 seconds, there's no way I'm going to remember it for the rest of my life. It's over. So <laughs> I got to get it out immediately. It's funny because oh, I can't, I can't do the alphabet. Like I have to sing it. Like if you just ask me what comes after G and my last name starts with a G, I'd be like, hold on, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Like I can't. <laughs> I got to sing it like I'm in first grade. Oh <laughs> you guys remember the old uh, Sesame Street? Jeez, I'm, I'm really dating myself right now. Ab Kadefti Jigglemanakrit Stewitzes. Do you guys ever heard that before? That's what? how you spell the alphabet. Listen carefully. Ab Kadefti Jigglemanakrit Stewitzes. That's how you spell the alphabet. That was a Sesame I am so. I am so. So Are you hitting that George Washington eggnog over there, Jay? I know, right? Really? You ain't kidding. Oh, my God. I am way outdated over here. Somebody help me. Right. Give me some of that. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay. All right. Enough with Sesame Street and Big Bird and Snuffleupagus, the, the uh, you know, hearing freaking elephant over there. Let's get back to football. All right. Here we go. We have a Friday game, Christmas game, to much Damien's demise over here in Despise with the Vikings going to the Saints. Friday football taken away from NBA Christmas basketball. But people are going to watch. You know what's going to happen. D, we're going to save you for last. It's your game. Nikki, what do you think happens when Minnesota goes to New Orleans as they've been a definite thorn in New Orleans' side for a long time? They have. Um, but listen – Vikings are in desperation mode, but unfortunately this time they are up against the Saints defense that ranks in the top against the run and the pass. So I'm going uh, Saints 26, Minnesota 20. I'm I'm so with you all the way on this, obviously. I think that the players that are on this team are just going to remember the Vikings and ruining them uh, two out of the past three years and take it all out on Kirk Cousins. There could be a whole bunch of sacks. Big defensive game for the Saints. We'll see how Drew Brees does. Again, no Michael Thomas in there, but expect Alvin Kamara to have a big game. I definitely like the Saints to win this game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout because of the way that Brees is right now. I still think he needs time, but I like the Saints 24-19, to Damian. It's your team. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. I think our defense is going to have a field day in this one. Dalvin Cook's hard to stop, but our defense has a very, very good run defense. And like you mentioned, the pass defense is playing very well as well. So I'm going Saints 24 to 14. Hopefully we see a good breeze in this one and gives us some positivity going into the playoffs. Definitely. Hope so. No doubt about it. And uh, we got a couple of Saturday games. Actually, we got three Saturday games, as a matter of fact. One of them is mine. We'll get to in a second. I was talking about the Bucks before. They're going to play the Lions. I think Stafford is going to be out this game. Even if he was in, maybe the Bucks are hitting their stride right now, guys. I'm not sure. What do you think about this, Damian? 
Yeah, for me, I'm sorry, I d- the cut out just a little bit. Can I have the game one more time? Yeah, sure. Yeah, the Bucks at the Lions on Saturday. I'm gonna go with Bucks to win this one pretty easily. I think the Lions have checked out, uh, so I'm gonna go Bucks twenty eight, Lions sixteen. All right, all right. And Nikki, what do you say about the Saturday game with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady, his old self, going in to play Detroit? Yeah, well, his old self. Um, since he lost to the Chiefs, Tom Brady's averaged 293 passing yards with four TDs and no interceptions. Like I said, playoff mode is activated. I'll go Tampa Bay 31, Detroit 21. Yeah, I'm with you guys, and I think the Bucks are going to beat them up really bad. I think it's going to be one of those games that the lines just don't show up. It's going to be unfair from the get-go. Bucks 34-16, and that's going to be my first lock, actually, guys, on a Saturday game. Our next Saturday game, my 49ers. Yes, I love them. Right now, they're the 5 and Niners, but okay. They're playing the Cardinals uh, Saturday, like I said. Uh, it's in Arizona. I'll go first. But, you know, I would go last if I were happier about it, but I'm not. All right. We're not making the playoffs. And again, I explained earlier why I'm not upset with the team. I'm not upset with the coaches. I'm not upset with the organization. All of our key players got hurt this year. That's that. We'll see if we're bringing another guy for Jimmy G next year. We'll talk about that during the offseason. But for this game, the Cardinals need it. They're at home. If they're going to be a playoff team like we talked about before, they have to win it. I got them doing that 30 to 17 Cardinals. What do you got, Nikki? Um, yeah, I mean, at this point, I mean, Niners can play spoiler, but Arizona has much more to play for. Uh, so I'm going Arizona 29, San Fran 21. All right. And what do you say, Damian? Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. I'm going Arizona to win this one as well. I'm going to go 30 to 14. Okay, 30 to 14. All right, so pretty comfortably right there. Going to our next game, we talked a lot about the Steelers and their three-game losing streak. Can it be four? Uh, I'll take it first, guys. Colts, you know they were one of my teams this year. I told you I thought they were going to win the AFC South right now by percentage points. They're not. We'll see what happens at the end of the year because the Titans play Green Bay. We'll get to in a little while. But, yeah, I like the Colts in this game because of the way they've been playing and the way that the Steelers have been playing. If they were going to come back and show their true selves, their good selves, they would have done it against Cincinnati. They did not. So I'll take the Colts in a slim margin game over here. 23 to 20. What do you got, Damian? I'm going with the Colts as well. I see a four-game losing streak after winning 11 straight. Absolutely nuts. But the Colts are playing very well. They can't – the Steelers can't do anything on offense against that defense. I don't think it's going to get any better. I have no reason to think that at all. So I'm going Colts 21, Steelers 17. Yeah, I like it. It's really me. I wonder if a team had ever gone 11-0 and and then lost four straight games after. I have to look that up. Not hey, Nikki, that's your job. Knowledge with Nikki. Find that out for next week. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but who do you like in this game? Uh, well, I'm rolling with Indy. Um, like I said, Pittsburgh's in a free fall. Colts have not committed a turnover in their last three wins. And, um, yeah, I, I know some people think it'll be an upset if Indy wins, but I don't think so. So I'm going to go uh, Indy 28, Pittsburgh 24. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we, we all agree it'll be a pretty close game, but Indy is the better team uh, defense right now. They're starting to run the ball. That's what you need when you go into the playoffs, like Damian said earlier. All right, let's keep it going. The Falcons, oh, you the Falcons, they get to go to the Chiefs. <laughs> That's a <laughs> Christmas present for you guys over there. Okay, Nikki, the Chiefs win by how much? 
Um, let me see. I not only am I locking this game, I have Kansas City 35, Atlanta 23. All right. All right. Atlanta getting even 23 points against them. What do you think, Damian? Clink, clink. Lock it in. <laughs> <laughs> I got the Chiefs winning this one. I'm going to say I'm going to put it out there for them to score 40 so I can win the freaky fantasy football draft. So I'm going to go 40 to 24. <laughs> <laughs> I love the reasoning behind it also. That's perfect right there. I also <laughs> am locking this game in. Have to do it. No question about it. Uh, the Falcons are going to get beat down. I got a 38-13. So they may not hit 40, Damien, but you'll get plenty of fantasy points, my friend. No doubt about it. All right. Let's get to our next one. We got the Chicago Bears who are still alive if Arizona slips up. So Chicago Bears going to Jacksonville Jaguars who everybody wants them to lose, probably including themselves. Maybe that organization is saying, guys, don't show up. Don't play. Don't do this. They're not going to win this game or are they going to win this game? The Bears, I don't freaking trust them, guys, not one bit. Jacksonville's going to get their second win, and all hell is going to break loose again. Jaguars, 17-16, upset of the week right there. What do you think, Damien? That right there is what you call a bold prediction. It sure is. (laughs) Yes, it is, and it's going to happen. You watch. Um, Honestly, I can see it. I'm not going to pick it, but it's not crazy. (laughs) (laughs) it's not not the craziest thing i've heard the you know mr trubisky i can see him melting down and jacksonville having a good game i can see it happening but i'm gonna go with the bears to win this one i'm gonna say 24 to 10 okay okay so uh nikki i know you think i'm crazy also probably right um yeah a little no not crazy because like (laughs) you know we've said like jacksonville sometimes they play their opponents tough and they've been in the games but Listen, right now they got the number one pick, so I don't think they're giving that up. So I'm going to go Chicago 30, Jacksonville 19. Yep, and I hear your rationale behind that also, but talk to the Jets last week who beat the Rams. The players on the field, they go out there, they want to win. The coaches want to win, all that stuff. And like you said, I can see the Bears stumbling big time over here, and they're not a real playoff team to me. That's why they lose this game. All right, let's go on to the next one, the Cincinnati Bengals. No Joe Burrow. Things were going good for them. They only got two wins this year at the Texans, who we expected definitely a little bit more out of this season, but um, not a playoff team. They got Deshaun Watson. We all feel bad for them. Damian, what's going to happen here? Well, I think the Texans take this one. The Bengals got their Super Bowl win of the year already. Um, so yeah. I'm <laughs> coming out in this one and, like, you know, balling out like they did in the last one. So I'm going Texans 20 Bengals 17. Okay. All right. So we got the Texans. Damian, Nikki, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think Deshaun Watson puts up his fifth 300 yard game in six weeks. Uh, so I'm going to go Houston 27, Cincy 19. Okay. Excellent. And guys, I'm going to go with the Houston Texans as well. Uh, I like them a lot over the Bengals here. I think that they're going to demolish them. And that's why I'm going to make it my quick third lock already. 28 to 11 weird score but Deshaun Watson's offense does it so I'm gonna lock them in and that is my last lock guys so I got the Texans here let me make sure I lock them in I don't mess that up and moving on to our next game it is Nikki's team it is the Giants at the Ravens I'll take it really quick first we talked about it uh almost at nauseam a little bit uh to Nikki I know you don't like it so much we're gonna save you for last but I definitely see the Baltimore Ravens winning this game knowing that they still have a playoff chance if Miami slips up 
They need that to happen. So Baltimore will not have a slip-up game here where John Harbaugh, a head coach, Lamar Jackson should do well, even though the Giants have very good defense. I like the Ravens to win very comfortably 26-9. to What do you think? Yeah, I got to go with the Ravens as well. Um, I would go – I'm going to go 21 to 10. 21 to 10. All right. So comfortable wins. Uh, we're thinking here, Nikki, uh, you know, again, a little household dispute over here. You guys got going on uh, husband and wife action, but what do you think is really going to happen? <laughs> well, I might be um, divorced after this game. So I might be doing a show <laughs> like, from the side of the road next week. I don't know. Um, you know, it's tough. So we've played each other before. We usually go to the game. Um, we're such diehard fans that when I got married, we seated our wedding party based on football teams and our cake topper was a house divided and the bride was holding the Giants flag and the groom was holding the Ravens flag. Oh, that's great. Oh my God. That's great. (laughs) Wow. You guys really are football fans. No doubt. Yes, we really, really are. I'm not looking forward to this game. Um, I am torn because obviously I... Oh, listen, the Ravens, I can't get over that Super Bowl, but I'm married to a Ravens fan. <laughs> and I just, the Giants have no answer. There's no answer for the, for this Ravens defense. There's no answer from Lamar Jackson. I don't see it happening. Um, it hurts me to say it, but you guys are right. Giants averaged 10 points per game in the last three weeks. So not only do I think this is a blowout, Ravens 31, Giants 16, I am locking it in against my own team. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Do I hope he does not hear this show. Don't <laughs> let him hear till later. I tried to get him on for this little blurb, but he wouldn't do it. <laughs> oh, man, that would have been great, too. Oh, that would be awesome. Hopefully, hopefully. When they meet in the Super Bowl again, you know, 50 years from now, but we'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our next one, another New York, New Jersey team, the Browns at the Jets. So the Browns get that back-to-back New York thing that's been going on this year. I don't know how the hell the schedule makers made that. But, Damien, what do you think happens here? Clink, clink. (laughs) (laughs) The the Jets already got their one win. Uh, You know, I don't see them doing it again. And the Browns right now focus. They're trying to get – they see the division within reach. So I don't think they're going to just let that go away by losing to the Jets. So I got the Browns on this one. I'm going to go 28 to 20. Yeah, man, I I totally agree with you. And I think they're going to beat them by more. The Jets had their week last week. Like you said, the Browns are still hungry to actually win that division is totally possible. I got them winning 31 to 10. So I got Cleveland all the way. I was going to lock them in if I didn't lock the other ones in. But Nikki, what do you say about this one? Yeah, no, the tour of New York continues. Um, There's no way the Jets have an answer for a red-hot Cleveland team. I don't see it. Uh, I got Cleveland 31, Jets 13, and I am locking that one in. Okay, there we go. Third one, yep. All right, so you got your three locks. Damien's got two. I got my three in. All right, we got our locks in early today. How about that? Okay, so that was Browns-Jets. Next, let's go to the uh, Ron Rivera Bowl where the Carolina Panthers come into his new town over there in Washington, D.C., to play the football team. All right, this should be an interesting game. You know, Carolina can definitely do some things. Washington obviously playing for everything right now. So, Nikki, I know it's it's uh, your division right there, and you may not want to pick a certain team, but who are you going to go with? Um. Yeah, no, I definitely don't want to pick Washington, and I didn't, and not because <laughs> I didn't want to. <laughs> Um, it's just that Panthers have lost three straight one score games. 
Um, but their defense came alive against Green Bay. So I think we're due for a Teddy Brid- uh, Bridgewater breakthrough game. And I think this is the one. So I'm going to go Carolina 24, Washington 21. Okay, very interesting. I like that. I, I, I would maybe I would call that an upset if that did happen, actually, especially with the game in Washington. Damien, what do you think? It's a very tough game to call, but I do think that Haskins will make it rain with touchdowns in this one. <laughs> and I'm going to go Washington football team to win 21 or let's go 24 to 21 over Carolina. All right. And, you know, Nikki, uh, you definitely make sense. This game is it's no walk in the park at all. But by any means, there's no doubt the Carolina Panthers can do damage, whether it's Mike Davis or, uh, you know, getting DJ Moore back, you know, making things happen. I love Teddy B. We've talked about it, but I still think Washington's going to win because they do have everything to play for. The Panthers don't. But sometimes those teams that don't have anything to play for can be the most dangerous team. So I will not be shocked if Carolina wins, but I will take Washington 24 to 17 in this one. All right, let's move on. As Nikki is the Lone Ranger in that one, we're going to the Broncos at Chargers, the two, I guess you can say, worst teams in the AFC West. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting game. Um, again, two young quarterbacks, um, some veteran core over there, coaches that are in flux right now, maybe on the hot seat. I think that the Chargers are maybe hitting their stride late in the season over here. I think that Herbert has a great game and they win it 35 to 20. So I'll go with the Los Angeles Chargers in this one, Damian. What do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go to Chargers as well. I think Justin Herbert is going to be another kind of coming out party for him in this one against that Denver team um, that we just saw give up all the points to Buffalo. So I'm going with the Chargers 30 to 24. Yeah, okay. So points being scored in this game. Nikki, what do you say? You concur? Um, yes, I do. I am going Chargers 31, Denver 27. Okay. All right. So that could be a close game right there. You never know. Hey, we'll see. Again, division matchups are the toughest ones out there to predict. There's no question. We got another division matchup going on right now in the NFC East with the Eagles and the Cowboys. Okay. Uh. So, (laughs) yeah, Nikki, I know you love this. (laughs) That's why we're going to you first over here. Got to find out what's on your mind. It's in Dallas. And here come the Eagles halfway flying. Maybe one of their wings are clipped. I don't really know. But what do you think happens here in this game? Well, either way, it'll be more exciting than the first matchup we got to see. Um, (laughs) I can't believe this game has playoff implications. Like, I just, it's so ridiculous. Um, I don't know. It looks like Dallas has come alive a little bit. Jalen Hurts has ignited the Eagles. All of a sudden, Dallas has a defense. Um, I really don't know. I really think it's a toss up. It's just two terrible teams in a bad division. So I hate, to, well, I hate to say either one, but um, I'm going to go Dallas 26, Philly 23. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This is definitely a tough one to pick Damien. I'm with her. What are your thoughts? Yeah. No, it's an extremely tough game to pick. Philly's been playing better with Jalen Hurts, but Dallas has been playing better lately. Their offense is waking up. Uh, so I'm going to go with the chaos. I'm going to go with Dallas to win. Yes. In this one to make it more chaotic on whoever comes out the NFC East. <laughs> so I'm going to go Dallas 28, Eagles 24. Yeah. All right. Okay. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. Dallas winning last week. The Eagles didn't, but still played a good game. You know, it's like Cowboys, are they coming together now with the red rifle? You know, again, too little, too late. Or is it? We'll see. 
The Eagles come to town. Uh, guys, yeah, I'm going to go Lone Ranger on this one because I'm loving the way that Jalen Hurts is playing. I love Miles Sanders, um, you know, getting Zach Gertz back a little bit and some of the other guys. I think that they can do a few things. And again, with that Cowboys offensive line, one thing that the Eagles can do when they're ramped up for it is sack the quarterback and cause pressure and havoc behind the offensive line and winning at the line of scrimmage. So if the Eagles win at the line of scrimmage, they win this game. I think they do. So I'll go Lone Ranger. I'll take Philly 23 to 18. It will be a close game no matter what, I do believe. All right, let's get into our last three over here. We got the Rams and the Seahawks. All right, game is in Seattle, guys. This one's definitely a tough one to pick. We talk about toss-ups again. We got a few really good games on this weekend that have a lot of implications. Right now, the Seahawks are in first place. They have clinched a playoff spot. The Rams can do the same if they beat Seattle. They have not been looking good, obviously, the Rams lately, especially with that last week against the Jets. And Seattle coming a little along now a little bit with their defense, Jamal Adams and Quentin Dunbar, you know, and, and having Bobby Wagner in the middle. So, Damian, I'm going to go to you first on this one. What do you think happens in this NFC West clash? Yeah, for me, I just can't trust the Rams anymore. Uh, I know the Rams definitely give Seattle a tough time, though. Uh, man, it's a tough one to pick. I'm going to go with Seattle to pull this one out. Very close one, 28-27. Okay, 28-27, very interesting. You know what? I'll go second because I have the same exact score as you, and I got Seattle as well. And, uh, yeah, I got a 28-27. That's funny. Um, The Rams, you're right. They do play well against them, and maybe they have more of a complete team, but – as the season is going on and Russell Wilson, I definitely trust more than Jared Goff. And it could come down to that at the end, Nikki. So that's why it looks like me and him are going on Seattle. Uh, are you going to go Seattle too? Or are you going to take LA? Of course I'm rolling with my boy, Russell Wilson. And I yeah, have the yeah. score, uh, Seattle 28 Rams 24. Look at this. Wow. All so close on the scores over there. <laughs> me and Amy are exactly right. Wow. How about that? All right. Now this game is probably the most interesting game of the weekend to me. Sunday night football perfectly placed, um, you know, as you can slot that in. The Tennessee Titans going to play the Packers in Green Bay, both cold weather teams, all right, so there's no issue over there. Now, the Packers, one thing that they don't do well, well, one of the things they don't do well, but the major thing they don't do well is stop the run game. What do the Titans do? They run the ball great with Derrick Henry, probably the best running back in the league, you know, pound for pound. Uh So that's where the Packers are going to have problems. The Packers will be able to score on the Titans, no problem. But will they keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline long enough for Derrick Henry and the Titans to take over this game? I say yes. So I'm going with another upset. I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans to win this game over the Packers in Green Bay on Sunday Night Football, 32-29. to What do you got to say about that, Nikki? Um, yeah, I mean, damn, this, if this isn't a coin flip, I like, uh, I don't know. Um, Titans got Mr. December. I think we get a big game from Derrick Henry and Rogers, but Titans do allow 276 passing yards per game. So yeah, I think it's a coin flip, but I'm going to err on the side of Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay 35, Tennessee 32. Okay. Okay. All right. So we got some close games over here. Damien, you got the final decision, your rubber match over here. Who do you think is going to win this one? Not only am I going with Tennessee, but clink, clink. Really? Really? Wow. Tennessee. 
Uh, this is probably my biggest my biggest risk all year on locking it in. But for me, I feel like that running game against Green Bay's defense is the perfect matchup for a Tennessee win. So I'm going Tennessee 28, Green Bay 21. Hey, man, I agree with you. The lock is definitely bold. You talk about bold right there. I picked the Jaguars. You're picking, you know, a lock with the Titans right there. And I agree with you. I think they're going to win the game. Of course, if the Packers win, it's not going to shock me. But I'm with you for that same reason. Derrick Henry can run a muck on the seat. He can go over 200 yards. And again, the, the uh, between the line of scrimmage and the time of possession, if Tennessee takes care of that, they take care of this game. I really believe it. So you're going Lone Ranger on this one, Nikki. And we got one more to go over, and that would be Monday Night Football. And it's the Bills at the Patriots. The Patriots, obviously, officially out. They're done. They don't have much to play for. They don't have many players that can play that well, but they have a great coach. So can that do the job over Buffalo? You guys tell me. Nikki, what do you think? I say get the broom out because it's a sweep. Buffalo 28, (laughs) Pats 20. All right. All right. So she's going Buffalo, no questions asked. Damien, what about you? I'm going with Buffalo as well. Like she said, sweep them up. Uh, (laughs) Buffalo, 24, Patriots will keep it respectable. So Bills, 24, Patriots, 14. Yeah, well, let's make it a trifecta here. I got a very close score to you there, Damien, as well. I got a 25-15. So really interesting how we got our games over there. I got the Bills definitely winning. They still have everything uh, to play for, if possible, a number one seed or at least a number two. And the Patriots are just done. They can't match up with them physically. The only way they can match up with them is coach-wise. And Sean McDermott is doing a great job this year. So it's really not that far away. Um, did we um, Did we pick Miami? Did we pick that game? Did we pick Miami? Oh my goodness! Um, they play sat. They play sat. Yeah, we did Raiders. No, we didn't. We have Raiders and uh, Dolphins on Saturday. That's right. That's right. We didn't get to that game. Thank you very much. I skipped over it because I was looking at my 49ers getting so upset. So we do got one more game to pick. All right, let's go there. We have Dolphins at Raiders, and we did talk about it. This game is on Saturday with the playoff implications and whatnot. So the Dolphins going cross country. Can they beat the Raiders? We alluded to it in our playoff picture earlier. So what do we think happens? Nikki, why don't you go first since you're the smart one over here and remind us <laughs> that I'm an idiot. Yeah, I scored 16,000 on my SATs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so Miami is 4-2 and two on the road, and they absolutely thrive off turnovers. Raiders are allowing 125.8 yards rushing, and Miami has an emerging running back down there. So Miami 28, Raiders 24. Okay. All right. So we're going with Miami. And, yeah, I do have this game written down. Just went right over it. Damian, what do you got in this one? I'm going with Miami as well. You're going to see one team that we thought was a playoff team and one team that is actually a playoff team. So I'm going with the I'm going with the actual playoff team to come through and take advantage of that poor Raiders defense. Um, Mariota, I think, is going to play well as he's trying to prove something as he's still trying to you know resurrect his career. But it won't be enough against that Miami defense. So I got Miami, twenty four Raiders seventeen. Yeah, I definitely hear what you guys are saying. It makes all the sense in the world. And you know, I, I picked against Miami, you know, you know, a few times this year and I've been wrong and, and they keep surprising me with the defense and loving the coach and everything and what they're doing. It's it's really spectacular. And now they got to go, you know, again, cross country, go to Vegas, play a Saturday game. It's a short week. 
I'm going to tell you right now, Miami's the better team, but I think the Raiders win this game 30-27. to So I'm going to take the upset. If the game is in Vegas, that doesn't have much to do with it. But I think the fact that John Gruden knows that they're down and out, they're going to pull out all the stops and do everything they possibly can against a tough defense and maybe get a few trickery plays in there, maybe hit Henry Ruggs down the field a little bit. And the Dolphins maybe don't have such a great offensive day with Tua and the other guys, maybe they won't be able to run the ball. I don't know. So thank you again, Nikki, for bringing back to this game, because I do have an upset. I think the Raiders are actually going to beat the Dolphins because I have full belief that Baltimore is going to be in the playoffs. And this is one way that it's going to happen. So I'm going Lone Ranger style over here and I will take the Raiders in this Saturday game. So yeah, again, thanks for bringing it back. This one's another one, another very good game. Damien, I'm with you that the Raiders again show that they are not a playoff team, but can they be a playoff buster? I think they can. Would it really shock you if the Raiders beat them at home? Uh, I wouldn't be shocked. A little surprised, but not shocked. Yeah, what about you, Nikki? I mean, look, the Raiders have had their great moments this year, and it's not like their whole team has fallen apart. They've played bad the past couple of weeks, but if they have a good week of practice, they could beat Miami. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, given that my level of shock is the Jets beating the Rams, no, I would not be shocked. I'd be down on the yeah. scale a little bit. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, shocked if they won. Um, but I just think Miami finds a way to pull it out. Yeah. And again, I do agree that Miami has the better team overall. And and you're right, Damian. Uh, you know, Derek Carr is out, so here comes Marcus Mariota, who did give him a little spark last week before they lost. You know, they started moving the ball a little bit down the field. Mariota looking mobile again. He was very rejuvenized and ready to play. So if he has a good week of practice and the Raiders do, it's very possible. So again, I'm going Lone Ranger on that. You guys got Miami, and if they do that. You, hey, you can pretty much call it a ball game. They they come in, they'll be in the playoffs, and that'll be unbelievable. So we can have three AFC North playoff teams. We can have three NFC West playoff teams if things work out kind of the way that we're talking about over here. So, again, we're in week 16, guys. We only got one more after this. Then we get to playoffs, and, wow, third and three podcast is going to be freaking ballistic once playoff time comes around. But uh, here we go. Here we go. Two weeks left. Still big games on the docket. I see a few upsets this week. We've had a couple of Lone Ranger styles, but it all starts on Friday on Christmas with Minnesota and your Saints Damien. So I know that you're going to be way in tune to that during your holiday season. Um, besides that, let everybody not, you know, know not only where your Twitter handle is, but again, with the show, everything that's going on. I know that you've been extremely busy lately and we're all happy. It's for all good reason, but everybody wants to hear you on the radio. So let them know when, where, what time. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, so on Twitter, you can follow me at the real deal. W D a that's the real deal. W as in whiskey D as in Delta A as an alpha um, for my content, the real deal with Damien Adams podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts. There's also the YouTube channel with the basketball season starting. I'll be really busy on there doing reaction videos to different games, a lot of Pelicans games, but also just the big games that come up on ESPN and TNT during the week. So a lot of content there. And uh, I'm going to let Nikki go, but I have a question for you guys before we finish out. Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah, Nikki, let's definitely get your Twitter handle in there first. Let everybody know where to find you and what's going on. And obviously, Third and Three Podcast is the family over here. So let them know where to follow you. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Nikki Nick 934. Must follow. Every time she tweets something out, she gets like a thousand responses. I know. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> really is. So, uh, D, D, what you got? I'm interested. So we did our favorite Christmas songs. Do you have? You guys have any Christmas songs that you hate? Yes. Ooh. That stupid donkey song. <laughs> Dominic the donkey. I hate that. Yeah, and I, I hate. Yeah, I can't stand it. Don't play it. I, I hate that one too. I, I'm I'm with you on that one. I don't like that. It's like donkey, donkey, donkey. Yes. yes. <laughs> I, you know what? I can't top that, so that's perfect right there. I will go with that one all the way. That is an awful song. Awful. <laughs> you know what no song one. I hate that people don't think about? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I absolutely hate that song. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> now, why? A lot of people are like, why would you hate on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Think about the message of the song, all right? Yes, so- yes. Tell them, D. <laughs> tell them. Tell them. So Rudolph is, you know, a different reindeer from the rest of the reindeer. So he gets made fun of because he's different and has a shiny nose, right? He doesn't get liked until Santa is like, oh, we actually can use your shiny nose to get through the fog and get all these gifts. So they don't actually like him. The only reason they actually started treating him better is because they needed him to get through the fog, to get through the weather, to get the gifts out. That's exactly so the, right. They put the him story. in the land of misfit toys, man. That's <laughs> him. Exactly. So the message of the actual, like, if they try to make it seem like, oh, it's about friendship and how now they're liking him. No, they used them. They yep. used Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you're like, oh, we like you now. No, you don't really like him. You like him because you used them. So I hate you <laughs> That's the best rant I've ever heard. That is excellent. That is excellent. And I wish I thought of it because I, I, I thought about that story, you know, before and everything and how it's like, yeah, they, they're just using him because it was glowing red nose and they hated him and they all made fun of him before. It's like, and now Santa's using him to guide his slate. Damien, that was freaking great, dude. Well done, man. That was excellent. <laughs> I don't know how you close the show out better than that right there. That was you don't. <laughs> Excellent job. All right. Oh, man, the real deal. Damien Adams, Tricky Nikki Gist. I am Jason Fearman. This is the third and three podcast Christmas edition. We're going to have a New Year's edition coming up next week. As long as we're all sober and awake, we'll see what happens with that. You never know what's going to go on. Let us all be safe, happy, healthy. Happy holidays to everybody. Christmas, Hanukkah, Ramadan, Kwanzaa, everything that you celebrate, as long as it's in good health, good faith. Guys, that's what we wish everybody. Happy holidays. Peace. Peace out, everyone. We once again thank you. Third and Three Podcasts. We'll be back next week. Bye.